the entire Portland police riot squad has resigned. Apparently, one of these cops struck an activist photographer. I guess the establishment politicians were like, you attacked the press. And they're like, dude, that guy's a rioter pretending to be the press. And uh, I guess the, the, the immediate response and the best response was probably Michael Malice's when he waved his arms in the air like Ron Paul yelling that it was happening. Yeah, it's great. It was great. <laughs> I was very, me and Luke were very happy to hear this. Christmas. Christmas. Um, but it is actually, I, I think you're right. I, I, it, it's a joke when we're like, it's happening. But think about it. It was only a matter of time before the police were like, dude, these people are rioters. And the politicians were like, shut up, do as you're told. And they said, we quit. Right. That's right. big. Well, it's also, uh, as someone who is a big proponent of uh, casting aspersions on the police, both as a group and as individuals, mm-hmm. part of the reason behind that strategy is that the, as the cost of anything increases, the cost of a car, the cost of a book, cost of soda, at a certain point, some people are like, I can't afford this book. I can't afford this soda. And for police, that's going to be like, why am I putting up with being disrespected, if not contempt? Okay, maybe I'm putting up with it because I'm making my neighborhood a better place. I'm helping my family. Like, I get it. This is politics, and I'm the whipping boy at the moment. Fine. But at a certain point, it's like, wait, wait. I'm going to get treated like crap, and I can't do the base-level job. Like, rioting is, like, something that's unambiguous. This isn't, like, selling Lucy's or jaywalking. It's like, this is 101 cop stuff mm-hmm. that I sign up for. So I don't – no, I'm, sh- I'm shocked – and delighted that, uh, <laughs> that no, that they're giving up their pensions. Because listen, anyone who has a job, I'm, I'm going to speak positively about the cops now. And honestly, anyone who has a job and a family, it is really damn hard to be like, I quit. Yeah, like you have to give people credit for, for walking the walk and talking the talk. It's it's not all good news, Mr. Mouse. We got some some other stories. The McCloskeys have agreed to give up their well, guns. They haven't been deported, so yeah, of course the, it's the not all good news. The oh, cops. right, right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, the McCloskeys are giving up their guns. It's kind of not that big a deal because I guess they're not felons. They can go buy more. But man, is it screwed up that their guns were taken in the first place. And it's, it's, it's a bad sign. But there, there are some positives ahead. I think one of the things uh, that Michael Mouse will be talking about is the, the Mises Caucus and oh, Dave yeah. Smith and uh, Press Secretary <laughs> Michael Malice. So we're going to have a very, very fun conversation yeah, <laughs> around that. Uh, so we got get some energy. Uh, yes. You make sure you, you, you drink up that caffeine, Michael. <laughs> thanks for thanks. He's got pizza as well. Oh, and yeah. uh, uh, we're, we're going to talk a lot about uh, Michael's also got a book we'll get into. Yes, sir. We're also hanging out with, of course, Luke Rutkowski, So That's a lot of aspartame you got there. And uh, howdy. Uh, this is your humble T-shirt vendor with the latest T-shirt that says people will forget your words. People will forget your accomplishments. But no one will forget you voted for Joe Biden, which you can exclusively get on thebestpoliticalshirts.com. And thanks so much for having me. I also have a YouTube channel, We Are Change. So, yeah. That's right, dude. And I'm Ian Crossland. What's up, everybody? Glad to see you, Michael. I'm so glad you're back. I'm so excited to hear about your book, man. It's great. And I don't know if we'll get into your experience in North Korea at all tonight. But Konnichiwa. Oh, thank you very much. That's the wrong language. <laughs> I speak <laughs> not. Have you been there? To Korea? Yeah. Yes. To North Korea? No. And you don't but, know. But I, I wrote the book. My, on great, great, my great grandfather is from there. <laughs> I heard he wrote a tiger. That's right. Uh, that's right. <laughs> this is an inside. I guess it's an inside joke. People are going to be like, what are they talking about? Anyway. That's all I had to say. <laughs> I love you, Tim. Thanks for having me. Right on. We got and I'm also here in the corner pushing buttons. This is always fun. We always have a blast with Michael Malice. I'm really excited that this news is breaking when he's here. Oh, and out. shouting out to Adrian and Jesse, who are, I'm sure, in the oh, chat room. Right on. How's it yes. going? Oh. And I'm going to say one more thing. People always complain about all these different corporations who are like 
subject to wokeism and are scared of getting canceled. Well, this is the positive alternative, which is when you support the outlets that support the creators you like, you're not doing charity, you're getting something for it and something that's a quality product, and then you can feel good about yourself. So I've got sponsors, you've got sponsors, right and on. I feel just like you. They've been with you for a long time. I feel happy to promote them because they're putting their money where their mouth is, right. and, and they're taking a risk to some extent by supporting someone who, like, if I was tied – or some one of these horrible conglomerates, I would find radioactive. You pointed all the sodas that you do it. Well, in that regard, I've got some other news, too. Go to TimCast.com. Become a member. Because you'll get something for your membership. You get exclusive members-only segments, and there will be one, which goes up around 11 p.m. after every show every night. But you're not just getting access to this, to this wonderful members-only stream. We recently brought on Cassandra Fairbanks to She's lead our newsroom. Michael Mouse is super excited. Cassandra's fantastic. Yes. She's getting a monkey. She's getting a monkey. No, no, no. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, my. No, it's no, no, no. Late. Cassandra, it, don't. Don't do it. She's already tweeted it's out. It's too late. No, 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 no. She got it today. She's getting it right now oh, as we're no, speaking. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, baby, no. <laughs> a ca- no, 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 no. I'm visiting you tomorrow. You don't understand. You don't understand. Here we go. I'm a zoo. Look, okay. Let's get through this right now. Let's get real. Let's get serious. This. I got attacked by monkeys in Thailand before. This is giraffe, okay? This is hippo. Oh, wow. My mammoth. The mammoths are extinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There the, I know a lot about zoology and killing animals. Oh, my. Pat Benatar, the 80s uh, yeah. singer who's yeah, amazing. She had an autobiography, uh, and I read it. It's very good. There's one sentence. She grew up in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, which you, you would know very well. Mm-hmm. And she goes, when I was in junior high school, we had a monkey. And I, I'm talking like Tim now. I'm doing like my Tim cadence. There you go. And I'm sitting there reading it as someone who's a co-author of books, and I said, whoa, 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 whoa. For the ghostwriter, whose name is on the cover, I go, if you're interviewing someone to write their book and they say, oh, we had a monkey, that's a chapter. Because, <laughs> because every day when Pat Benatar comes home, there's something with this effing monkey. Like the monkey's getting into places. It's, it's, it's pleasuring itself. It's raping <laughs> stuffed animals. No, monkeys are not good Sounds pets. Oh, right. It's too late, Michael. She's gotten yeah. the And on the Friends reunion, when David Schwimmer was asked, what was the one thing you liked least about the show? He said, this monkey. Wow. Because I had to interact with it. Like we do a whole scene, and then the monkey just not doing its thing. We have to do it from the scratch. That's why they got rid of Marcel in that show. I'm more excited about the monkey now. I really oh, I was I was actually more excited that Cassandra's going to be writing stories to the website and leading a team and bring well, bring, bring people. This on, is but. a big mistake, dude. She's getting a monkey. That's it's, so it's, it's not. It's awesome on paper. They're horrible pets. Well, you'll have to uh, uh, talk to her about it. We'll have to put it. We'll down. Have to have, uh, it's too late though. She's gotten the monkey. Well, it's not too late to put it down. Has she named the monkey? Uh, I don't know. Bitey. Actually, I think so. I All think so. All monkeys are called Bitey. But anyway, the point here. I was going to make was that when you're a member of TimCast.com, the money that goes in to, from your membership is going towards hiring more journalists. So I just had a, a, a call and a conversation with some journalists. We're going to be poaching some journalists from some other companies you know and love because that's the way the market works, I guess. Good. And uh, we're going to be making sure that we can support these people. So like your membership is going to go to make sure that real journalists are getting paid so they can live. And they can actually do the good work. And uh, if you saw the bonus segment, yes, I did ask Ivory if she wanted a job. But, you know, we'll see how things play out. I'm not, I don't, I don't want to do like a big show where it's like, oh, this journalist is not looking for work. Let me make it a thing. But l- let me talk something else to, to build what you just said on. Uh, I, I don't know if we're a lot. You remember, I'm sure, there was that CNN piece where Brian Stelter had some kind of media experts I remember on. And they were not mentioning you by name, but they were specifically complaining, like, there's these YouTube shows that are news shows, and their yeah. audience is like 10 times the size of ours. Like, <laughs> what are we going to do about this? The point Nothing. why they're right to be upset, even if your show was a tenth the size of Brian's or you have 1%, 
if you're having someone with a different point of view and something that's coherent and comports to reality, that is going to punch way above its numbers in terms of destroying the corporate media narrative, Boom. right? Because if you have, you know, New York Times, blah, 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 it's going to have its stuff, and then one person comes along and goes, this story is actually bullcrap. Just like my book on Amazon, it's the same as Barack Obama's book. You just get your own page. That journalist, its article is going to look on TimCast just like an article in the New York Times. Exactly. And people will be able to make their own informed choices now. Yep. So, so good for you. We're also going to be hiring fact checkers to work independently out of a different office. So if someone here writes an article, uh, someone else at a different office who's not in yeah. communication will then read the article and then say, let me check this. How much those I, – I, I need a fact checker for my next book. Okay, good to know. But we're going to be hiring staff fact checkers. They're going to make phone calls. They're going to basically redo the story to make sure on our end we're doing real journalism. Okay. Of course, there's been a lot of uh, activist groups that are really outraged by uh, Cassandra. But this is what your membership is getting. It's getting people like Cassandra. For all her feistiness on Twitter, she's doing great journalism. She is amazing. Uh, I got some exciting plans. She really is. I'm going to hire the monkey to write for wearechange.org. <laughs> yes. And uh, give it some cigarettes. And I mean, great. it's going to be I a monkey that she get? I forgot what it's called. It's is small. It They're really small. No, it's not a capuchin. A marmoset? Marmoset. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, those are better. Mm. They're like squirrels. They're very yeah. small, but they're yeah. very uh, erratic. So uh, I, 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 if people aren't familiar with Cassandra, she writes for Gateway. And I'm not a fan of Gateway. Mm. Oh. Like at all. Okay. And because you like a lot of their articles, it's like sensationalist, like really over the top. Yeah. You don't want to have like like a video with a big crazy headline, right? But Cassandra, her articles are, are really straightforward, research. She calls for comments. She does. It's fantastic. So we're going to be bringing that in and we're going to be bringing more people and, in. So, And I think it's great that you're in a position to – not that I'm – I'm just going to spend two hours blowing smoke up your ass, but I mean it. <laughs> I, I think it's great that when you're hiring someone, they're not some milk toast. I'm not going to name names people on Twitter, but she's a brawler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if they start coming for her, it's not like she's going to be like, let me talk to my editor. She's like, oh, okay, we can do this. And P.S. I have a monkey now. Right. My, my <laughs> attitude is like – you know what I say? Uh, I'm not going to name the person who, but you can see it on Twitter. Started tweeting like some, you know, bold moves by the beanie compound or whatever and quoting Cassandra. And I'm like, these activists are engaging in a harassment campaign against my female journalists. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, I, and I was like, you don't get to. Who's a single mom? Yeah, exactly. You don't get to go on the New York Times and complain about journalism. And, and women in journalism in, specifically. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Anyway, this was a really long promo. But uh, hey, TimCast.com, be a member and help support the expansion because. Paranormal shows coming next. The we've been talking about for a while, so we, we're getting this like a re, this is a really great writer that we're talking to right now. His stuff's fantastic, and it's like deep academic view and research into crazy stories and paranormal research. None oh. of this ghost hunting. Like, oh, I got an EVP. Like, I want legit scientific. We compared, you know, control groups. I want legit. Here's the history of the old haunted house and what we found out about it. Real cool stuff. And we're gonna do a podcast, and Cassandra's gonna be involved in that as well. Do you so. want to know the story of number thirteen Berkeley Square? Yeah, what is that? Let's get started, I guess. This, sure. It's a ghost story, but it's, it's, this is my favorite ghost story because I, then it, it, it reflects on me personally. When I was a kid, there was a book of ghost stories I read and they talked about number 13 Berkeley Square. And the point being, it was, it's a very famous neighborhood, very rich neighborhood now. There were a couple of sailors there in like the 1800s, any port in a storm. They, it's supposed to be haunted. And one guy's like, all right, if you get scared, ring this bell and, you know, whatever. They separate. The guy hears the bell ringing. He goes upstairs to see his friend, and the friend is dead with a look of horror on it. Look, Terrence's face. People who visited the house said the walls were. This is. I love as an author, like interesting phrasing. They said the walls were filled with electric horror. When I was an adult, my favorite author is E. Nesbitt. She's a British children's novelist. Um, I ordered a, a manuscript that was ever published, and it turned out that it was a 
bookstore that is number 13 Berkeley Square. I'm like, oh my, oh my God. I thought this when I was a kid. He goes, I could give you the tour. That room is like a broom closet. So it's kind of spooky because it's small, but it's not haunted. But that's the story of number 13 Berkeley Square. There, oh, there, no, is that some guy there's died? There's something. Well, no, there was a couple of people who died of horror. Like, and there right. was like no cause for it. There's something about the electric, I think it's called yeah, the yeah. phantom DNA, where they bombard DNA in a vacuum with electrons and then they remove the DNA and the electrons stay there as if the d- DNA is still there for like two weeks or oh, longer. Wow. I mean, and so I think that's this goes. Yeah, yeah, I love stories like this. Right. So that's the plan, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be having someone who's dedicated to that kind of production, and then we want to make a cool mystery, spooky, paranormal stuff. Basically, I, I view it as kind of just like a, 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 fo- a research into the unknown. You know what I mean? So I'm not. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts. I just say, well, there's interesting stories, but I think all these ghost hunter shows just make crap up. Like, there's one exception. So I met the guy who was like the EP on Jesse Ventura's show. And or maybe he was. I don't want to out the guy. I don't remember who it was, but he worked on the show. And I said, "How many of these stories are real?" He's like, "Yeah, okay, it's all crap." Uh, but he's like, he came in with an open mind, being like, "Okay, is this real or is it not?" And everything was like, "Okay, this is nothing." He said, "Skinwalker Ranch." He goes, "That I don't know what the hell was going on there, but that stuff is real." So that is like the real Area Fifty One that people don't know about. It's Skinwalker yeah, yeah, Ranch. Yeah, yeah. I think they made a show about it now, but this was like five or six years we've, ago. We've, we've, we actually one of our first segments we ever did on the show was about Skinwalker yeah. Ranch. What is it? Do you know? Do you have? I don't. I no. Please tell me. I, I don't know. It's been a long time since we went over the story. It's apparently like this place where they have private like air stuff, and it's like no one's allowed near it. And it's just there's a lot of weird stuff having to do it because it's like there's this one guy who has a monopoly license that no one else in the country has. This is all like playing telephone. I'm completely garbling the story. People can look it up themselves. But there was it's one of those like Bohemian Grove where there's like lots of questions and. Surely there's some kind of logical answer, but on the face of it, it's like this is weird, weird stuff. I just Googled it, and there's a breaking news story from two days ago. Hmm. This is this alleged this is the alleged UFO sighting at Skinwalker Ranch. Ooh. Brandon Fugel's eyewitness account on Jessup's journal. So apparently, at Skinwalker Ranch, there's like a bunch of weird sightings, creepy creatures, UFOs, and stuff. We have this story from this is an NBC story. They say uh, ABC. I'm sorry, this is ABC four. There are some things that can't be explained. In this episode of Utah Success Stories, you'll see a preview, blah, blah, blah. Okay, legend has it that supernatural activities occur on a piece of land surrounded by the Ute Indian Reservation. Is it Ute? In the Untaw what Basin. Is a, what is a Ute? <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? It's U-T-E? my cousin Vinny, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the two Utes. <laughs> it's Utah. Oh, that's Ute. how that's pronounced. Ah, I remember that Ute? joke. <laughs> Brandon Fru- uh, Fugel bought the land five years ago and brought in a team of scientists to see if the legends were true. What's the, the the thing that he knows now that he didn't know before surprised him the most? I I bought the ranch as a skeptic. As a healthy skeptic, I had never seen a UFO, a ghost, or an orb, or anything of the sort in my life, and I disclosed that to the previous owner. Fugel claims that he and his team have experienced unexplained ph- phenomena. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised at how open he was when he told me. Those first six months of owning it, I really saw nothing myself that would lead me to believe that there was anything unusual. Well, that all changed. I had with multiple witnesses with me on occasion where we saw what can only be described as an unidentified flying object, a craft, a 40, 50 foot long silver disc hovering right above the mesa, right in front of us. This wasn't just blinking light in the sky or something that was a little bit ambiguous. This was a solid object that appeared out of nowhere and uh, nowhere could move in the blink of an eye and over a 20 second period perform maneuvers that I believe defy any propulsion physics that uh, uh, propulsion physics that were acquainted with it. So there's a lot of stories like this. I don't know if I actually think this website is meant to just like promote something related to a show. Sounds or Sounds like it, but it's yeah. the other thing I want to point out. My dad was a, like, excuse me, my grandfather was an aircraft controller in the Soviet Union. Uh, I told the story of the shows, so he was really high up. 
And I asked him about UFOs. He goes, we saw this kind of stuff all the time. And the thing people don't appreciate is it's really easy to be like, oh, this is some guy who was drunk in the middle of the field. It's like, no, no. These are professionals who on a day-to-day basis interact with all kinds of aircraft who are doing military so they know what the American yeah. capabilities are. And American capabilities to this day aren't what these people are saying. Yeah. My grandpa's like, we saw this all the time. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not saying it's aliens, but I'm like, I, I, he's like, it's not nothing. There, there's reports of these ever since World War II. Yeah, so yeah. they've been going on for a long time. There's There's been this media push surrounding China or Russia having advanced military technology, and this is why we need to bolster the, the military-industrial yeah. complex. We, we've been hearing that talk. But if, if this has been going on since World War II, there's no way – Russia or China could develop that kind of technology all the way back then. So that theory that the mainstream media is trying to push out there as we're waiting for the disclosure to come out by the Pentagon any freaking day now uh, is absolutely false but on many merits. First of all, please don't call the mainstream because you know they're depraved and not part of the mainstream. <laughs> they're corporate. And number two is I – I want to say some other words, but but yeah. it, it, they won't be family friendly. Uh, my understanding is that after the Soviet Union fell apart and a lot of these files were declassified, there were a lot of documentation in the Soviet Union where they were like – they thought these were American vessels they were seeing because they're like we don't have anything that's like this yeah. this must Whoa. be the Americans what the Americans have so both sides assumed this is the other because they knew yeah. okay it's not us it's not our allies but but after World War II there was a time a, a short period where the United States and Russia talked to each other and they were talking to each other specifically about these unidentified flying yeah. objects that are defying the laws of science so we even see the diplomatic communications between those two countries saying hey is this you no is this you no what's going on here we don't know and then the Cold War hit its kind of precipice and then things got severe and then diplomatic Diplomatic communication stopped, and uh, we don't know what's going on. And not to be all tinfoil hat, although I still have Alex's at my house, uh, there is a very concerted effort uh, in, like, corporate media to, like, don't look outside, look at the screens, and look at what we're telling you, and anything that doesn't fit our narrative, which is – our narrative is we can explain everything for you. Go to your couch. Turn on CNN. Turn on Fox. Whatever. We will tell you what the news is and how to think about it. Since they don't have a narrative here, it's going to be really tricky for them. So they're like, oh, it's all crazy people. Or it's storks. Storks can't hover. Yeah. And the thing is – sorry, one more thing. The guy who bought this ranch, if there's eyewitnesses – if there's four of them, they know the difference between a stork and a 50-foot object. Sorry. It's getting weird. Yeah. So a lot of people think this big UFO talk, they're going to re- release this report, is just a distraction. It's, a, it's an effort to bolster oh. the military dis- to preempt it. Yeah. Well, it's a distraction from, like, the very serious problems that are happening right now. Like, uh, was it China just flew 28 warplanes into the Taiwanese air defense zone? Which is freaking everybody out. The U.S. has got a strike group in the area. Then Russia does war games off Hawaii. These things would scare people. So then what do they do? They dangle a UFO and they're like, look over here. Don't look at the war mm-hmm. that's that's potentially on the verge of breaking G7. out. Look at the UFO yeah. in the sky. And, oh, the report's coming out. Obama comes out and says it. But it'll be interesting because it is weird. Yeah. The first thing Bill Clinton did when he came to the White House, he says to Webb Hubble, it's like, find out what happened with JFK and what's going on with UFOs. And then when he found out, did his face just turn pale, or was he, like, laughing? He got introduced to Jeffrey Epstein. No, he said, turn (laughs) He's like, hey, here's 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 why they don't tell you about the UFOs. Yeah, you go up to a UFO, but you come down a rapist. That's right. No one wants that. Well, apparently a few people do. Hmm. I wonder if it's uh, corporations. What were you going to say? There was a big article by Newsweek today that actually talked about uh, – Bill Clinton's relationship with Mr. Jeffrey Epstein and how it was uh, obfuscated with Prince Andrew and how the whole Prince Andrew saga, according to a journalist that works on the royal family uh, specifically very closely together, that the whole thing that happened with Prince Andrew was just a distraction so no one would pay attention to the larger, bigger, and longer relationship that Bill Clinton had to Epstein. I I, I am really impressed how we went from your ghost story 
to Skinwalker Ranch to UFOs yeah. to Epstein. It's like a, an amazing you know segue <laughs> yeah. here. And this is Newsweek reporting this today, <laughs> which is absolutely surprising that finally this is breaking in the mainstream and this is widely talked about. Yeah. And I find it absolutely important because when you really look at the true realms of, of what has been going on behind the scenes of government, and now these people are saying, trust us, we're going to tell you what, what happens with these aliens, mm-hmm. you know, there, there should be a lot of skepticism, I to got, say the least. I have an absolutely amazing conspiracy theory that I was reading uh, the other day. It was on, like, uh, Reddit. It was like a, It started with a 4chan post. <laughs> I know, I know, it's I know. Like the internet had a baby. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. It's like, it's, it's this Reddit. absolutely ridiculous 4chan post where someone's claiming a bunch of things about viruses merging with human DNA thousands of years ago and what's really happening with the UFOs and what's going on. But I can't talk about it because YouTube, it, it includes some of the taboo subjects. So here's what we'll do. We'll save it for the bonus segment. It's, it's dude, it's like... It's the most ridiculous, insane garbage I've ever read. However, it would make an awesome movie. Oh. Like the secret wars with Trump and like what's really happening with the aliens. And like it's uh, I guess I would call it chicken coop theory. What's that mean? That the Earth is a chicken coop for aliens. It's a great theory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could I've be. heard that. And yeah. that's the, the UFOs are just basically like, you know, when, when, when I go out and I'm wearing my boots and I'm like throwing feed into the chicken area and the chickens are like, what's happening? There's a giant thing here. What is it? That's how we are with with these aliens, and so. But but I can't talk about it because it includes yeah some yeah, yeah I got you medical it, stuff and and when they come straight at us we can't see them so we have to turn our head to see them <laughs> sideways. But that's why people only see like flashes of light and things they can't necessarily or it's multidimensional because they keep coming yeah. straight at us. It's a different dimension, like Alex was saying. But we'll we'll do a big bonus segment on this. We'll have a lot of fun with it. Let's jump into the actual like main news, and then uh, we got a lot to talk about. So this story is the it's happening. From the Daily Mail, Portland police's entire riot squad resigns after cop was indicted for striking activist photographer who they insist was a rioter with baton during violent protest saw government building set uh, government building set alight. They said the Portland police union said the officers would be leaving the squad in response to the indictment on Tuesday of a member uh, of member Corey Budworth. Budworth was charged with assault related to an August 18th from 20 incident in which he allegedly struck a photographer, Terry Jacobs, with a baton. The police union said the officers were set upon by 200 protesters and that Budworth had accidentally hit Jacobs in the head. They have also claimed Jacobs was part of the riot. She was not charged with any crime and was awarded a $50,000 settlement by the city of Portland over the incident. Despite the resignation, the officers would remain employed by the Portland Police Department. It's not clear how this will affect the department's ability to respond to riots. You know, I really love how they say it's the riot squad responding to protests. Can we just say the riot squad responds to riots? Yeah, yeah. I guess they do respond to protests too. So they're not, they're not quitting the entire department. They just are refusing to go out during riots anymore. And here's another thing in their defense is that you see in a lot of these places, they arrest people and then it's just a revolving door. The prosecutors aren't going to do anything and and explicitly so. So then it's like, wait, wait, wait. I got to get in the middle of this drama. I'm, people are going to be throwing whatever at me. Uh, everyone's going to hate me. I'm going to arrest this person. The person's going to be like, just walk right out the door. Like, at the very least, like, why am I putting in all this effort? It's worse yeah. than that now. And this is what I love about it. I've been going on. Uh, I, people were tweeting at you because I said abolish the police. Yeah. 
they were like, Michael, you've done such great work with Tim. That's true. And uh, but my my reason for abolish the police is not the same as yours, I think. OK, uh, although I do think definitely the conversations we've had have, have been influential to my opinions as well. I think the reason they should be leaving is because they can't do their jobs functionally anymore. I agree. It's not. So we agree. But, you know, I think you're more of the anarchists. The police are bad across the board. I definitely agree with you on the gun thing for sure. That was like a good a good argument. But what we're seeing now is not only will the police, if they arrest someone, nothing happens to that person. They're actually arresting the cops now. Yeah. That's amazing. Imagine the kind of feckless, pathetic, spineless jellyfish cop you'd have to be to turn around and arrest your own cop who was doing literally what yeah. the what the city told him to do. Well, that guy's a hero because that means that those cops who are enforcing a constitutional law, a constitutional law should be arrested, right? So those are the so, good guys. So then what happens is one by one they'll start arresting each other? I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what <laughs> one by one, but in, in all seriousness, like, yeah, I obviously I'm no friend of the police and I, I always say and I will defend that every cop is a criminal, but at a certain point it's just like – you feel i'm sure the vast majority of people who are police officers feel all right it's a tough job someone's got to do it and i'm really helping people i'm stopping murders i'm stopping rapists like little kids are not getting snatched yeah it sucks but someone's got to do it i'm doing a good job of it at a certain point if in any gig like if you had ian here and you're like ian you can only talk for 30 seconds every hour it's at a certain point it's like why am i even here like what, what am i doing here right so it's the same thing. It's like I have this job and I have my fantasy or my you know ideal version of what it's going to be. And my boss is not only not allowing me to do it, but is taking steps to prevent me to do it. It's just like yeah. how much respect do you have for me? I'm getting crapped on by the people in the street. I'm getting crapped on by my boss and my colleagues. How am I going to have dignity for my home? But yeah. Let's take it one step further. Let's say – Please, let's take it as many <laughs> no, 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 as possible. No, no, no. No, here's, here's what I mean. Let, let's say you know, like Luke's, Luke's joined us on the show. You know, He comes in periodically. Imagine if I said, here's the only things you're allowed to talk about. Make it really, really difficult for him. And then then he actually does what I tell him to do. And I get mad because it just, for some reason, caused me problems. So I lock him in the basement. And you public I, no no that's that's insane and publicly denounce him that's the other, no, 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 no 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 I'm I'm serious because I know. these cops names are public so that means they're no they're known in the in by all their neighborhood yeah. that I got arrested for doing my job that's not going to feel nice well how, how dare you equate me to a cop uh, first of all <laughs> second of all uh, the police union chief had a very interesting comment he said our uh, RT RRT members do not volunteer to have Molotov cocktails fireworks explosives rocks bottles urine feces and other other dangerous objects thrown at them. Yes, they do. He noted that the team members volunteer for the work without any specific pay. So these members are stepping down out of this response unit. The mayor, uh, Wheeler, asked them, please, don't do this. Don't do this. And and then the police responded, well, too bad. We're doing this anyway. Uh, after, of course, all the you know major political decisions that have yeah, been yeah. happening in Portland. Now, now here's, here's the best part. Imagine um, I ask Luke to come on the show. I then say, here's the only things you're allowed to say. Then... Even when he just does what I asked, I publicly denounce him. Luke, instead of quitting the show, says, well, I won't talk about foreign policy anymore. And he keeps coming to the show. These cops, they're resigning from the riot squad. Right. And they're staying with the city, staying under the boot of the corrupt system that's literally trying to put a cop in jail because they sent him out in a riot. I was trying to talk nice about the cops. You're making it harder. <laughs> oh, no, I, I won't have it, man. I've been saying for a while. You know that woman um, in, in Minnesota? She shot the, the guy. He, he, was, he was a, a, a wanted felon for a gun charge or armed robbery. What was her name? Kimberly, Kimberly Potter. Potter. Kim Potter. Yeah, this was during the Chauvin trial. She was, trying to, she, she was going for a taser, and then she pulled her gun on accident. Mm-hmm. 
she shoots the guy. And oh, yeah, I, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, okay. I, I said, I hope, I, good, prison, right yeah, to prison. Of because negligence, th- yeah. Well, there's two things. One is you are responsible for anything that comes out of your gun, period. However, if she actually shot him, she would have been justified. Not that I'm happy that it happened. It's a sad, tragic story. But he was a wanted fugitive who had a gun and jumped in his car. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The point is, as I've described it, the people of Minnesota, the officers, and of Portland are standing inside a burning building. Yeah. We've warned them repeatedly to get out. And in response to a giant beam smacking one of the cops in the head, they go, well, we'll stand in the kitchen instead of the living room. It's like, maybe just get out, dude. I've got a lot of messages from cops who have said they were they're they're the cops that I refer to as the good cops who got out when they saw how bad it was getting. And these are the cops who want to save a little kid from getting kidnapped. These are the cops who want to stop the drug dealers from destroying our neighborhoods. These are the cops who want to make sure the crime isn't skyrocketing in New York City, but they can't do it anymore. They're getting targeted. They're getting arrested. So they're quitting. And even in the, in the military, there's similar uh, similar things happening with. Locals. I saw your face, uh, Michael, and I agree with you because if we look at poli- <laughs> if we look at policing, the last few months, what have they been doing? They've been arresting religious pastors. They have been arresting private businesses. They have been enforcing unconstitutional, illegal decrees of mm-hmm. politicians and destroying people's livelihoods while protecting the billionaire class. The NYPD, the Florida Police Department, prosecutors, judges, the FBI, intelligence agencies all looked the other way for 30 <laughs> years when it came to children being hurt in the most unspeakable ways with a Mr. Epstein. So, so, so there's a lot of you know discontent to, to bring up there, especially with what's happening in Canada right now, where there was a horrible video of a pastor being arrested in front of his children. Uh, Maxine Bernay was just arrested for hosting a political rally. Right now, the police in Canada are absolutely out of control, and and I do believe we need to strike a balance, but we need to have an honest conversation that's not just one-sided on the issue. There have been, there, there, there been a lot of problems with cops for a very, very long time, but let's just keep in mind the stuff we're seeing over the past year and into now, a lot of the cops you'd probably like have left. Yeah. I, I, I was looking at my phone because a cop messaged me and he said, because of your work, I'm quitting the force and I'm mailing you my badge and I'm going to private Bravo. security. Um, and I wanted to give him a shout out, which maybe I'll look for it later. But it, it's very uh, kind of moving that uh, I even for one person that he's like, OK, I, yes. I, I, at the very least, even if you're going to stay in the force, acknowledge what it is that you're doing. Like right. I can even wrap my head around, OK. I'm violating the Constitution and I'm de- disarming people, but it's for a greater good. Fine. Like, I could wrap my head around that. I, I, I told this story before. When I, when I went and was getting my first gun, the gun shop in Jersey said they had a big problem where a woman – so if you live in the South Jersey area, you're 10 minutes from Philadelphia. Like you cross the bridge, you're in Philadelphia. In Pennsylvania, you're allowed to bear arms. Like very Really great uh, – good law is not perfect. Well, a woman was armed legally and she was going to Atlantic City – didn't look up the laws of New Jersey. She made that mistake. Yeah. Cop actually arrested her in, on, on a felony charge. It's like, why would the cop do that? Why wouldn't the cop say, ma'am, you are not allowed to have this weapon here in New Jersey. I'm going to escort you back to the bridge. You made a mistake. I understand. Please leave. Take your gun home to where it's legal for you to keep. Come back to my state without that weapon. Instead, he's just like, oh, boy, I got one. You're going to prison, lady. Ha <laughs> ha. 
I'm thinking about what you said about abolish the police. I'm wondering, and correct me if I'm wrong, if what you're what you're really saying, what so what you're saying is uh, <laughs> got one out. Did you see? I did. I, did. I, saw, yeah. I loved every I, minute I, of I, it. I, Kathy Newman, Jordan Peterson oh himself. Shout out to Kathy. <laughs> but that you're suggesting that police boycott the department or strike on the department if it's corrupt. Yes. Not Quite abolish simple. the entire so, system. So, so of it's a, a, a little bit more nuanced, but <laughs> that is that is the gist of the point. The other thing I'm saying is. <laughs> If the police force is becoming more and more corrupt, and some would argue, especially Black Lives Matter and Antifa, and even ANCAPs, anarchists on the right, any of any capacity, that they've been corrupt for a very, very long time, notably Michael. I don't about. like that word corrupt here, because I think they're not being dishonest. I think they're just being forced through politics to do things in a certain way. So, so I'll, I'll put it this way. If the police are no longer serving the interests of the yeah, public, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. then why would I want to fund something that causes harm to good people? If you're a cop, and you want a better society to be a hero to help, then you need to reconcile one very important circumstance. Black Lives Matter and Antifa have been smashing up buildings and destroying, setting fires. And these people are not going to jail. But if I choose to keep and bear arms in some ridiculous, twisted rule, come if it comes into play, the cops will arrest me for that. So if you look at Chicago, for example. And mandatory minimums often. Right. So it's not like you're going to get off that it's like, oh, it's your first time. It's an innocent mistake. It's like that judge has to sentence you often. Yep. So uh, this is the law. So the cops need to understand. Even if I, I've had cops message me saying, look, we just arrest lawbreakers. It's the, it's the DAs you're mad at. And I said, no. If you personally know this, and you do because you're emailing me and you watch the show, that the district attorneys – you are going if you know that if you arrest one Antifa and one conservative and send them both the DA and the DA laughs and sends the Antifa on his way and then welcomes the, the conservative into prison for bearing arms, you are the one delivering people to prison. And you can and, and the officers can make the choice to say, like I said with the New Jersey lady, look, lady, ma'am, you got a good cop right here. I'm going to escort you back to the bridge. It's a 10 minute drive. You're going to go home. You're going to leave that gun. Otherwise, some other state trooper is going to lock you up, and I don't want to see that happen. No, he didn't. He just said, ma'am, you're, you're under arrest. The story was he pulls her over, and she did the right thing. Officer, I am armed. I just, we just, just want to let you know. And he goes, right away, ma'am. Please step out of the vehicle. It's, she gets up. Put your hands behind your back. Is something wrong? Ma'am, quiet. Hands behind your back. Arrest her. You're under arrest. It's illegal. It's a felony to carry that weapon in New Jersey. That's it. And she freaks out. She's panics. A middle-aged woman going to, going to go to the casino and have a good time. Broke no laws. Was legally bearing, well, I should say constitutionally bearing her arm. But in New Jersey, they say it's statutorily illegal. And the cop had no problem sending a middle-aged woman into the prison system. Fortunately, Which however, traumatic. the NRA anyone. apparently got involved and then made a big stink. And the DA dropped the charges oh, and told her not to do it again. But he, they don't do that for people in inner city Chicago, for young black awesome, men though. who want to protect themselves because there's gang violence. I got no sympathy for somebody who wants to join gang violence. What about the old black ladies who are going to be left in New York City when everyone moves out and who are in the projects who can't Absolutely. afford to move? Like, Absolutely. I, Lauren Chen, who you guys have had on, who yeah. I adore. Uh, you know, sometimes someone just says one sentence that's kind of just light bulbs you yeah. and like, just rattles you for a She's long great. time. She's the best. She was on my show. Was one of hers. I don't remember. And she was having an issue in Canada because her dad had cancer. Yes. And for like a year, he couldn't even get like a scan. It was something absolutely crazy. And she just goes, why am I funding my own oppression? Ooh. And I was like, holy, like you like Lauren, you like nailed it. And it's the kind of thing where it's just like, yeah, why am I paying these high taxes in these cities so that the cops can leave me unsafe in my own home where I can't have a gun to protect myself, which is my God-given constitutional right and none of your business. Right. 
That's it. I mean, while uh, you guys are ginning up as much unrest and burn it all down as possible at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, so my my issue is, I'm I'm in New Jersey. I had a cop actually tell me to go buy a gun because someone tried breaking in, and then I looked up the law, and they're like, if the guy did break in, and you did shoot him, you go to prison. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. And I'm like, what? He broke into my house though, and like we should have left. Like, where am I supposed to go? It's my house. It's a big house. Like, am I supposed... No, no, no. This is back in Jersey. Small house. Okay. Yeah, small. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was all case size. Okay, I'm kidding. So, uh, like five, five bedroom. But am I supposed to just go jump my fence in my backyard and go stand in the middle of the street? Yeah. You're supposed, in my underwear? You're supposed to die and be a statistic. And uh-huh. then they could say, look, we're preve- we're fighting gun violence is at an all-time high. We Oof. need more cops. Right. That's what Lori Lightfoot is so, doing right now. Her emails were also uh, leaked yeah. recently, and people are Maybe finding Chicago. out the, tr- the true picture of who she really was. But places like Chicago and New York City have absolutely atrocious self-defense laws where even if you get attacked first, you defend yourself, you cause any mark or harm to the perpetrator, you go to jail. Yeah. No it's, matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance. Me, and these officers don't care. Let me tell you about what I think one of the biggest problems is. Sure. I will always lay the blame at the feet of the perpetrator. If a woman is wearing, you know, she's scantily clad clothing and walks through an alley and someone attacks her, she wasn't asking for it. The perpetrator, the criminal is, 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 is who should be punished, who should be blamed, etc. But there is personal responsibility involved. You need to be aware of your own surroundings. You need to take some responsibility. So I don't think it's a one for one. Like when the left says, oh, sh- people should be allowed to yeah, be yeah. drunkenly wandering around. Like I'm not going to go to an ATM at three in the morning. All right. So I'll blame the, the gun control left and many of these Democrats in these big cities who, who push for these things. And now I'm going to lay some blame at the feet of conservatives who refuse to fight back. We had the story. St. Louis gun waving couple plead guilty to misdemeanor charges. Part of their plea is that they will be giving up their weapons. They say Mark and Pat- Patricia McCloskey, who waved guns at protesters last year who marched past their home, Pled, uh, pleaded guilty Thursday to misdemeanors and agreed to give up their weapons. Mark McCloskey will pay a $750 fine after pleading guilty to fourth degree assault, a class C misdemeanor. Patricia, 62, must pay a $2,000 fine after pleading guilty to second, de- second degree harassment, a class A misdemeanor. Mark McCloskey could have faced up to 15 days in jail. Patricia could have spent up to a year behind bars. Neither will face jail time. Do not vote for these people. Isn't the guy running for He's office? He's running or for U.S. Senate, and he just tweeted, "Don't worry, I have more guns to protect my family." Where that came from? Do Hashtag not two A. Do not vote for this man. Hmm. He is a spineless coward. I wouldn't. Wait, wait. Why is he spineless? When the cops came to take his guns away, he took a picture of him from behind and said, "I don't want anyone to think bad of these cops who are confiscating our." Oh, weapons. I didn't know that. That's oh, right. oh, 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 holy crap! Now yeah, he's <laughs> dropping to his knees, scared of the state coming for him, giving up his weapons. But I have more. I don't care, dude. Get out of here. Should have fought the legal battle. You wait, cannot. I wait, wait, come yeah. on. You can't advise someone to be a martyr. Would you? I would not feel comfortable taking on the state when there's this whole public frothing at the mouth mob. I'm being made into political victim. I, I mean, do it. Maybe you would, but I don't right. think he's a coward for being like, I got a family. They've got me dead to rights because they can write the law, whatever they want. Yeah. And it's going to cost me millions of dollars. And the, yeah. the government can tax me to pay for them. I, I can't wait. I think, I think he's a His comments are interesting. And I think, okay. I think they provide us context here. He said, quote, on his Twitter account, I'm bringing this from his account. Quote, let me be clear. I am not surrendering any of my firearms. I will continue to be one of the strongest advocates for the Second Amendment. And around the country, the two weapons that were seized from me were evidence in a criminal case per the state of uh, MO. They are to be incinerated. So this is what the what? state. Yeah. 
No, so I, 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 doesn't I, make any I, sense. The state is incinerating his weapons, so but he gets to have if other If something's weapons? evidence, you return it to the person or you keep it, yeah. a sense possibly. But I guess Just, this was a part of their plea deal but that why they agreed would they, to. It's like it's like a circus. It's like they're doing this to entertain the masses. Yeah, yeah. They're like, look what we did. When the, Do you when like the, this when sound? The, when the cops came, they took a photo of the cops taking their guns, but from behind, and said, we don't want to reveal the identities of the officers because we don't want people coming after them, whatever. And I was like, that's pathetic. The cops could have said no. The cops could have said, we do not agree with this, and we will not enforce unjust laws. These, these, these Black Lives Matter individuals broke onto private property. Yeah. And we even saw, was it the AG of Missouri say that uh, they, they may as well have been in their living room. It was a private lot. It was, it was yeah. a private property. The whole block was privately owned. They could have defended themselves. Now, don't get me wrong. I think them coming out and her like waving the gun was, was very dumb. I'm not a fan of that either. But they in this, been, they could have been very scared. We, she, we don't yeah. know what that's like. She didn't have good trigger uh, discipline yeah. at right. all, as well, and she was literally having her finger on the trigger, pointing the gun at her husband's head. Well, and there was, all, was there, really? there, yes. there was also they said the firing pin was reversed and the gun was inoperable. The uh, she, there was two guns. Right, there, there right, right. Was, there was the, 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 the AR-15. And, and, and what looked like a revolver. Now, no, 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 it, was, it wasn't a revolver. Um, I don't know, I don't remember what it was, but... Did, they, it was they, a small handgun. They claimed that the firing pin was reser- reversed and the gun was inoperable. When it was, when it was brought into the, like, the, to yeah. the DA for evidence, they, dis, they, they disassembled and reassembled it and then said, oh, it works. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were coming out and saying the state altered the evidence to claim it was a functioning device. Yeah. When the McCloskey said they had used it in a criminal trial before as evidence, and so the firing pin was re- reversed, maybe they're lying. Maybe they went inside and immediately took it apart and did it. I'm not going to accuse them of that, and I don't think the state has, any, state has any evidence they did that. They just claimed that, well, upon taking it apart and putting it back together, we found it was functional. These people should have absolutely said no. They should have said, I will see you in court. If no one will stand up to the system, the system will always win. Always. I, 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 this, I completely disagree with you. I think when you don't know someone's personal circumstances, it's really easy to tell them, fight. But this is the state. I'm sorry. I think at a certain point, some people like discretion is a better form of valor. And I would love, me of all people, for F's sake, would love it if more people defied the state and stood up to it. But at a certain point, you're like, okay, look at Duncan Lemp. Uh, what mm-hmm. happened with him yeah. like they they shot killed him at three in the morning through the window and they dragged his pregnant girlfriend through the broken glass and blighted her up yeah. so you're telling me that it's not that it's impossible that the next time uh that they're going to make sure uh, antifa goes by his house and the cops are just going to take nine one one, put it on uh take the phone off the hook and let nature take its course what do you mean? Meaning, like, like re- re- these kind of things happen all the time. When someone is an enemy to the state, they look the other way yeah. and make sure that person gets taken care of. Yeah. So, I mean, I when think- you're saying, like, you should fight the state, you're asking them to really take their life into their own hands. Now, I can understand how someone would do that, but it's also really easy for me to choose to understand if someone would want to not do, you do know, that. Do you know yeah. what would happen if right now in Chicago, every single person facing trial, demand, uh, facing a, a crim- an indictment or a criminal charge, asked for a jury trial? They would get uh, charged with higher charges. Not true. If in Chicago, every single person awaiting uh, 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 an arraignment or whatever charged with a crime said jury trial, they would all instantly be dismissed. Chicago, 
You, you think I don't understand that? Explain that because the city doesn't have the capability to handle that many trials at once. So, so what, what? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, here's the two. I, I I don't agree with you because what happens is when places don't have resources, they're just going to keep you in jail longer. Yeah, I know perhaps, friends who have been in jail perhaps. for so long because of the COVID regulations, and even COVID has stopped the court proceedings. And what they did is just keep people in jail longer. So, so wait, I'll, I'll, I'll tell I you. Ask I'll you this. I got to ask you this. You're saying that if everyone who is arrested right now in Chicago said, "I demand a jury trial," the Chicago legal system you be like, we can't do this. So you're all going home. Uh, most of them probably would be dismissed. Yes. So I when uh, I ended up getting charged with, I think a class C misdemeanor, my brother got a class A. They threatened a the worst or the easiest. Uh, actually, I don't. I don't know if it was, A is the worst. I think okay, he got. It was, yeah. I think it was a B. Okay. I was facing 30 days. My brother was facing uh, uh, six months. Oh wow. And the uh, the it was like six months of going to trial because uh, long story short, some security guards in a mall falsely accused us, and when they realized that they got the wrong guys in a shoplifting, uh, they thought someone was shoplifting. They just lied to the cops. The cops just said whatever you say and arrested us and charged us with like assault and disorderly conduct. They said they will give us the maximum penalty. They said, you will plead guilty and you will take what we give you. And at first what happened was wow. my brother, fearing six months, yeah. said, I'll just plead guilty. What, what, what will you have me do? He said, we're going to give you community service. And then I said, 30 days? I'll go to trial. This will be fun. When the prosecutor heard that I said I wanted to go to trial over a slap on the wrist, they would have given me community service. She audibly screamed in the courtroom. It shocked. What? And then the judge had to tell her to chill out. Our lawyer walks back over to us and he and, and my brother is like, why is she yelling? What happened? Well, when when she found out that you like to me being charged with like a slap on the wrist level crime wanted a jury trial. Do you understand how much work that is for them? Hmm. So she's she's kind of mad. Yeah. My brother goes, effer, I'm going to I want, I want a trial now, too. Hmm. And he goes, you're sure? He goes, yep. Jury trial. And he goes, OK. He walks back over and we see him go up to the to the prosecution of the judge and we hear her scream again. Wow. And the judge starts saying, calm down. And then they talk for a little bit. The Our lawyer walks back over to us and says, the judge wants to see you in his chambers. And the judge said, what is going on? And we said, here's, America. here's what happened. And he goes, here's what's going to happen. I don't want to hear any lawsuits. I want this all to go away. The charges are being dismissed. You're free to go. Is that it? And we were like, yes, you're on. He goes, have a nice day. We asked the lawyer what happened. And the judge, when he found out that my brother changed his mind and wanted a jury trial on a slap on the wrist charge, court, uh, it was, it was a, a court, we'd get court supervision and, and, and community service. Nothing, right? When the judge heard that, and he, he said to the lawyer, w w why are your clients now trying to get a trial out of this? It's five o'clock. We want to go home. Mm -hmm. And he went, um, your honor, because they're innocent. Yeah. And he went, oh. Huh. Oh, uh, case dismissed uh, in my chambers. And then he got up and walked in. The problem is too many people just say, well, because they're advised to be a public defender. We no. were told to by our yes, lawyer. Yes. He said, guys, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get community service. It's all going to be over. You're going to go home and play video games and you don't even got to do anything. Get one of your, your, your dad's a firefighter. Ask him to sign the papers. You're done. Here's something yeah. And I said, no. I want a jury to hear what happened when they accused me of shoplifting, beat the crap out of me and my brother when we did nothing wrong, and I'm going to stand up there with conviction and say, I refuse to be beaten down by lying security guards who use the state because they screwed up. And we won because of it. Too many people are just scared. I would gladly. I know it was just 30 days. They could have been facing a felony. Yeah, but I would gladly. And have families. And she yeah. actually pointed a gun at people. And, and, and she's... So, 
no, but like, isn't that brandishing? That's a just weapon me, dude. But I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm, I'm hot headed. They're going to make sure that jury is going to be filled of people who saw her brandishing yeah. that weapon. Let me just make. Well, oh, go ahead, Luke. Well, I'm very happy you brought up Duncan Lamp. But in Missouri, the attorney general was one of the attorney generals influenced and sponsored by George Soros. She had a proverbial hard on for these people. Uh, the police officers at first said, "We're not going to listen the, the to D, these." The DA. Uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, the the DA in Missouri. Uh, was specifically going after them. Yeah. Police officers at first said that they wouldn't comply, but then officially they, they complied later on uh, through uh, a, a little bit of protest. So that's important uh, context here as well. Sorry, go and, ahead. And can I give people some, some legal background? Yeah. Speaking hypothetically, because I, I'm not a lawyer and I'm in a position to discuss this in a legal context, but it's, hypothetically it's a fairy tale. If you happen to be on a grand jury, here's how grand juries work, right? It's going to be like 25 people. They're going to bring you – the DA is going to bring you some evidence, and that evidence is not there to get a conviction. All that evidence has to do is to say in the eyes of the grand jury, there is enough evidence here to pursue charges, meaning it's not nothing. It's something – and and the, the joke is that any good DA can get you to indict a ham sandwich. This is basically yeah. a formality, maybe the founding father's era, whatever. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That said, most people, hypothetically, are, are tend to be in, in want of a leader. Like they, they're in that room. They don't know what's going on. They want to do the right thing. They don't know what that is. The only guidance they're getting is from that uh, uh, junior DA. So they're going to come in and there's going to cop hypothetically and say, oh, we found this leafy substance in this guy's house. And now this 18 year old kid is going to be thrown in jail, possibly with rapists and murderers. His entire life is ambiguous up until he gets charged or not. If you are in that grand jury and you say, hey, guys, there's nothing holding us to return what they call a true bill, which means he's indicted. We can just vote no and ignore the evidence. And, and, I, and someone could say, listen, you, we're here. We have a responsibility. Do you really want to ruin this kid's life because he had a lot of weed in his house and was probably selling it? Just think about everyone you know who's ever done weed. Do you think they should go to jail? Think about what jail means. Yeah. It's not like I can't go to my job. It's like I'm locked in a little room with people that I know kill children rape women repeatedly and what will happen hypothetically speaking is that those jurors now they've been given permission to do the right thing be like why am i ruining this kid's life this i know people who smoke weed i don't i don't think they should be going to jail maybe they should be doing the right thing and that da will come back and say how did you guys say and they'll say uh, all charges been dropped and they will not be able to ask you why and they're just going to be very very confused because this hasn't happened but you will have been in a position to save some kid's life and he will never know who did it or why but he'll be very grateful, and you can go to sleep that you made the world a better place. There's also jury nullification. That is jury nullification. Well, yeah. So, but you could be on an actual criminal proceeding. Right. So in the grand jury, yes. If you are actually sitting on a jury and they say this guy, uh, you know, had weed or something, and you don't think they should be in prison for it, you can say not guilty. Right. And they're like, but the evidence, 
It's like the cops found it. They presented it. He admitted it was his. Yeah, not guilty. Yeah. You, I, I, strongly, I strongly recommend people look into jury nullification. And whenever you get a jury notice, don't see it as something negative. See it as an opportunity Save to lives. provide but, services to the community that could actually help people. And I just want to yes. make a quick correction. The Missouri Attorney General actually filed to dismiss the charges. But it was Prosecutor Kim Gardner that was the one that was yeah. strongly going Thank after you for them. The yeah. and, and I will also add the governor said that he wanted to pardon the gun-toting couple. Mm-hmm. So what happened to a trial? This and that he would October. pardon them. He announced yes. that he would pardon and, and, they should and, and have drop all the charges. Every step of the way. And you know what? This is the look. I, I I hear what you're saying, but if the leaders we have are the ones willing to 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 drop the knee to the enemy combatants, then these aren't leaders. These are just two old people. Mm. Sure, yeah. they're not then, leaders. Then there's 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 no cohesive uh, um, resistance. There is cohesive cohesive resistance doesn't have to be unanimous. I think, I, Tim, I just think it's really, really easy for us to sit here and tell people we've never met what to do. People tell you what you should be doing all the time. I'm sure you don't like it. Hmm. I mean, in what context? Though? Like online. They're like, oh, your show should be like this. Your show should be like that. So on and so forth. It's like, I, you don't know me. Like, keep, thank you for your opinion. So we don't know this couple. We don't know. Maybe she's got some kind of illness. I don't know. Yeah. Perhaps I'm just, uh, like I said, maybe a little, a little bit more hot headed. Like, I, like I mentioned, it could be my Soviet blood. So my Soviet DNA is like once the state has gotten you in the eye of Sauron, do whatever you can to get out of the eye of yeah. Sauron. Get out fully you know, as much yeah. as you can. Yeah. My family fled communism in, in Poland because it was just getting too crazy. Right, right, right. You know? that, that I understand. That I understand. The, the issue I take here is that – I think uh, – I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, it sounds like you're saying the system works. And just because it worked for you guys, I don't know that it's at all a guarantee that's going to work for the, these the, two. The system, when you're a 63-year-old woman, to go to jail? The system didn't work for us. But you got it, off. It was it was clear the only reason we did was because the system didn't want to deal with two jury trials. Sure, but the point is that's how broken it was. Uh, the point is you you managed to get the result that you wanted. Here's here's the the issue I take with this for the most part. Certainly, I understand there are circumstances where you you a, a strategic retreat makes sense. Yeah, it would be dumb if you're like I'm by myself and there's 500 people in front of me, but I'm charging it anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really dumb. They had the support of the right. They had the support of the governor. They had the support of the state AG. I didn't they know that. They could okay. have That's won okay. this. They could have been convicted. And then he, the governor could have made a statement saying, I refuse to allow this in my state. Unconditional pardon. He could have done it. For whatever reason, they had no faith. So I they don't. decided just to, to get out with what they could. Take, give their weapons up the entire, the, the, you know. I would not put my freedom in the hands of a governor. No matter what he said publicly at any time, because that word is worth nothing to me, and he would throw me under the bus in two seconds. It would help his reelection. Yeah. yeah, probably. And I think therein lies a big part of the problem and the frustration I have is that the left absolutely will do everything in their power to win. Kamala Harris will publicly solicit donations to get criminals and rioters out of prison, and the right can't even rely on their own to to support them. Correct. Yeah, I it's frustrating. Want, I wanted to point out. I think maybe there is a time and a place to bend the knee. When the yeah. villain's like, on your knee, and then you go down on your knee, and he walks up to you, and you're like, yeah! And you do like a giant uppercut. One of the things I'm talking about Perhaps. in my next book, The White Pill, which is a lot about the Soviet Union, is I don't think people in this country – I know people in this country, and, and I have no doubt Luke and you, and you, you all back me up – are completely oblivious – to what the state can do to people to get them to bend the knee. It's not like good cop. Ba- why are you? Why are you making you, that you said, We said we're oblivious to it. I think a lot of Americans are oblivious no. to it. Oh, you're saying not us? Not us. I'm oh, not saying oh, not sorry. the people in this room, but right. I'm saying a lot of Americans. Like, like uh, w- I had a fr- uh, when Castro died, right? And there was all these laudatory um, obituaries about him, and I'm like, you know, in a way, it's kind of good 
that you guys have no idea what this is like. That yeah. you think like, oh, he's basically like a liberal Democrat or like a, a Trump figure. Like you have no clue. And I want a world in a sense where people like I kind of get that hypothetically, but I can't imagine this being reality. Yeah. So I can appreciate that. So the things that the Soviets did to break these people, they haven't come over here yet. But one of the things they always do, like they'll arrest people on a Friday night and they want them to squeal. They're in jail till Monday. And it's like, I only need to break one of you. And the offer is good for that one person. So yeah. who's it going to be? Monday morning, they're, they're banging that door and you can't blame them. Yeah. My favorite is seeing people wear Che Guevara shirts <laughs> <laughs> and, and understanding that history and context. And uh, you're absolutely right. I, I had family members that were tortured by the government of course. Uh, under a communist regime. And when you wake up to that reality, when you speak to your family, when you hear the stories, when, when, when you know, so much knowledge is passed on to you, which, which barely happens. The United States had it too good for too long. And I think now we're finally dealing with a lot of the larger ramifications of what happens when, when things are too good. You know, the CIA and didn't know how to torture people at Gitmo, so they had to use KGB manuals. They didn't, wow. We didn't have any really? background. Yes. Interesting. Look wow. this up. Double check that. Maybe I'm talking on my butt, but just double check me. But I'm 99% sure that's the case. I, I suppose the issue I have right now is that there's. Uh, Wait, I got to say one more thing. Tim, don't you think it's not. Maybe it's not literal torture. It's, uh, it's not literal torture. But if you're like a senior citizen close to it and you're in prison over a weekend, that's going to really do a huge number on you psychologically. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I was in jail for a few days for, for doing journalism and reporting and. It takes a toll on you. You definitely don't want to be in there. And then you to know yeah. your wife is somewhere in this building separated from you. And you, yeah. know, you like, I hope she's okay. And yeah. you know how she is. And she doesn't even know how to hold, hold a gun correctly. <gasps> that, that's Tim. That's scary. And trauma makes people make, you know, very conflict averse decisions. I guess. Uh, I think the I'm larger lesson here. I'm hot headed. Yeah. I think so the larger I can explain it. I've, I've been in I've been in conflict situations where my life was at risk and I've returned to those situations. And perhaps it's because I don't have children, maybe. Sure. Uh, when I was in Brazil, I went to the, what's it called? Ciudadado do Policia, the uh, city of police, the police city. It's like their big compound. And we had plainclothes cops basically walk up to us, take us in, take our phones, shut them off. They brought us into this back area, into this closed, no window and with a couch. Yeah. And I, the, the first thing I did as soon as they started taking us, before they took our phones, was I texted, as was when I was at Vice, like we're being taken by Brazilian secret police or something undercovers, and I don't know where they're bringing us, but just so you know, here we are. Yeah. Then they took our phones, shut them off. They brought us in this back room, and I started laughing. I was like, so this is where we get beaten up and tortured? And they held us there, started interrogating us, and then after about like a half an hour, someone ran in, you know, panicked in Portuguese, and they brought us back out and apologized. So, you know, experiencing that, and then, uh, not the end of the world, but certainly being brought through this complex and then being brought in this, into this back room, not knowing what to expect or where they're bringing us. And also, uh, uh, I, I've also ridden vehicles with, I don't know how to describe individuals, like violent extremists and, yeah, and revolutionaries sure. armed with guns. Yeah, I, was death. A, I was in Charlottesville. I, I, I mean, I, I know what you're talking about. This, this stuff gets scary really quick. But I, ret I, I returned to those places. Okay. Uh, not, not the same specific ones That's, that, that I've actually spoken out against. But like experiencing Venezuela, where I was accused of being a spy and forced to flee the country, and then having the Venezuelan uh, someone hack my friend's Facebook to send me fake messages to get me to make phone calls, then to just go back into Thailand. You know, I, I understand, like, I'm not going to return to Venezuela. I can't. Sure. I can't go to Thailand. But I would go initially constantly facing that danger. I'm well aware of what it means to stand up and fight. And I'm well aware that uh, you must plant uh, uh, the trees whose shade you know you'll never sit beneath if you want a society to grow great. 
That means for me personally, strategy is involved, right? So when it comes to censorship on YouTube, one of the biggest criticisms we get is, Tim, why won't you just say it? Right. Well, I'm not going to get the whole show banned right. and, 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 our, and our opportunity to speak the truth by saying one thing, but that's why we're building a website. We got to be strategic about it. So I will, I will contend. I don't know everything about the McCloskey situation, and perhaps a strategic retreat made sense. I'll give one scenario where it would make perfect sense to everybody, which is what if they have a kid who's like, Mom, I really don't need you to be the face of the gun rights movement. Can we just make this go away, and I want to have a normal family, and I don't want to be famous? That is a perfectly good reason to be like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to fight this. I disagree. But the father's running to be a senator. Sure. That's yeah. – uh, who knows? But I'm yeah. saying like that would be one scenario. Maybe it's not literally them where I could be like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Yeah. I don't know. The wife was like, I don't have the fortitude My, for this. I, I've uh, – uh, and she could have individually sure. taken a, a deal. Um, I, I just grew up constantly frustrated at the lack of unity. Solidarity, how's that for a word? Mm-hmm. When I would see my friends constantly complain about how they work for a restaurant and it's unfair, they're not getting paid enough. And I'd say, so if you all agree, why don't you all just stop working? And they're like, oh, no, I have to. And I'm like, there's five of you. Yeah. You could literally just walk out the front door and stand there and say, we're not going to walk back in the building unless we get another dollar an hour. And they'd say, yes, please get back to work. Well, I can't do that. I'm like, well, then you're not going to get your dollar an hour. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? If, if people just stood up for themselves, if everyone finally just agreed, we'd be done with it. If people had principle, value, strength, courage, and were willing to make the sacrifices to defend freedom, individual liberties, we would have never have had it at risk in the first place. It's coordination too. You need all right. the, all these values along with uh, like some sort of, sort of sociological coordination yes. because if you do it one by one, you just it's just whack them all. It's true. Yeah, it's true. And that's the thing. If everyone in Chicago demanded a jury trial, what I bet would happen, and I, I think if you thought about this through, you would think this happened too. They would take a very few cases up front, make real examples out of them, uh, charge them with everything that they could, and then ask everyone else, "You sure you want the jury trial?" And, and if they said, "Yep," I, I I think a lot of those people would break, and I wouldn't blame them for one bit. That, the point is. For everyone to stand up and say, I demand a jury trial would be them standing strong. Assuming the people don't break, they win. But, but I, I don't see any scenario where an entire population acts in concert as, as pressure increases. It's just no, a cost. I, I, I agree. I agree. Okay. The problem is the, the, they don't work together. Sure. If it, the, the system cannot maintain that many jury trials, it, barely a fraction but, of them. But that's why like, we have public it? education so that these kids are taught – from kindergarten before they can really walk and read that the authorities are genuinely good people who maybe they get it wrong sometimes maybe they're not always smart they're a little ignorant sometimes but they do want what's best for everyone that you have to punish some people to save everybody else they're the good guys so it's very hard to realize as an adult when this has been your entire context that you are means to an end for these people in law enforcement that they have certain numbers and quotas they want to meet that they get off on getting those convictions or else this wouldn't be their job because how could you sleep at night if you're putting away people you even suspect are innocent so yeah like it's it's a it's much more malevolent than and what they were doing to you and your brother was you and your lawyer who you had was another version of good cop bad cop because then you have the lady screaming and your lawyer could be like hey i'm a good guy i'm just going to get you community service how can you lose look at this crazy lunatic you don't want to deal with bad cop i'm good cop i'm your buddy and you're like most people be like hey i want to listen to good cop i'm going to take this deal you know, I think I was just ref- – I refuse. I, th- I think that's extremely Hot-headed. commendable. You know, I, I, but In some I, regards. But, like I've been to North Korea. You know what I mean? I know some – and this is obviously not a North Korean situation. It's very – I'm very reticent to encourage people to take risks without knowing their situation. That said, I 
1,000% in defiance of mathematics agree with you that if everyone unanimously or, or a large portion of the population stood up and said, we're going no further, that's going to be really, really hard for them to do anything about. And, and it's only, I think, actually a few percentage points of a population. I agree. Uh, I think the Revolutionary War. Exactly. It was uh, the supported by less than the majority, but there, the, I think the largest faction of people in the revolution was leave me alone. Yes. Mm. yes. As with most elections, right? Absolutely. So if uh, right now there was just general mass noncompliance or a general strike among conservatives, maybe general strikes the wrong words because noncompliance is probably better. Keep working, support yourself, grow your own food, hunt your own food, shop, shop locally, organically, and just stop using the major corporations. They'd be in panic in two seconds. How you coordinate that, it's I think a lot about possible. how you could make a, an internet video and be like, everyone, I'm just saying hypothetically, you could coordinate people to like withdraw their bank account all on the same day at the same time and just basically collapse the house of cards but, but this is what's kind of happening with like your show and like my book and our sponsors is that people have an opportunity to put their money where their mouth is and to create this parallel economy and parallel culture and they're doing it peacefully and they're doing it through freedom and it, it's something where this is with the beauty of free enterprise literally everybody wins the sponsor sells their product and they have and they're also supporting people they like that person gets to do his book or his show as an audience member i'm getting a product i wanted anyway and part of this money is going to make sure something I enjoy stays in perpetuity. It's it's all wins all around. That's I'm short-term pessimistic, long-term optimistic. Yes, that's yeah. my and, point too. And the reason I think so is looking at the website we're launching uh, at TimCast.com and the things that we're building, I'm 100% confident we're going to succeed. Yes. 100%. And that means if there is a new expansion in media, which I firmly believe will be one of the biggest media companies in 10, 20 years – and news and all that stuff, then uh, uh, what does that future look like? It looks like a large amount, hundreds of millions of people around the world will be getting real news and will have uh, the, the content we produce will be rooted in individual liberties and freedom and personal responsibility. But this is what I talk about all the time. People are like, how are you optimistic? Or are you just blowing smoke up my butt? I go, look at Don Lemon. Look at the White House press corps. Are you, look, at the, the, look at the staff at Harvard Law. You're telling me these people are smarter, more co co uh, educated, and more coordinated and have more power than Stalin, than Hitler? <laughs> but you have to laugh, but we beat them. This is who you're up against now and you think you're going to lose? Are well, you crazy? It's the banks. I think that cap of course it's the banks, capitalism yes. is, is in incredibly symbiotic. But when you install a banking system in the middle that's, that's profiting and causing interest, basically in induced slave labor on us, that's the problem. If we could remove the banks and each of us hold our own crypto, you know, with your own crypto, you're basically your own bank. There's no more banks. I'm going to follow Luke's advice. What Luke would say is we need to fund the Fed. We need to increase the Fed's powers over currency oh, to really? make sure we're all fair. In a, right, Luke? Protest, give all of your money <laughs> and make it meaningless. And then we have monopoly money everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. That's basically uh, at this point. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, we basically already have monopoly money with how much they're Correct. printing it. Uh, but I, I think also another aspect here that we have to entertain is that the state is becoming more and more desperate. Yes. Uh, we're seeing more and more draconian measures being implemented. We're seeing a lot of FBI infiltration, organizing, setting up events that they later take credit for, uh, bringing down. We have this latest uh, revelation about the Capitol riots where a lot of the people are not being charged because they were either cooperating or helped organized, planned, and carried out the events that they're no longer being held responsible for. This, as the Biden administration literally announces their new war on terror, which is a domestic war on people who don't like the government, militias, and their buzzword of the day, white supremacy, which could mean anything because that word has been bastardized and used well, so many did times. Did you see the AP is refusing to report on some uh, crimes? 
No. So the AP, a news organization, as a news organization, my job is to provide information to the populace, ostensibly. It's what they always say. Free, free press, free democracy, blah. The Associated Press, which is extremely big, uh, uh, very respected news organization, they had an article this week where they said, we are no longer going to report on the names or appear or show mugshots if someone is arrested for a crime that's not that big a deal because we don't want this to like haunt them throughout the rest of their life, that they're Googled, that they're like, okay, so wow. wait a minute. You do a crappy little crime, shoplifting, whatever. The AP will cover the story, but they won't mention your name or mugshot. But I tweeted some rap lyrics in high school, and now I got this job as an athlete. Well, let's drive you to suicide. So it's very clear what they regard as a real threat and a real crime and what they don't. Well, there's good news. There is a political party that's going to find us a way out. I love this so much. <laughs> I love doing this show. Yes. I love this show. Let's make history. USA, Michael, USA. what's going on with the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Lydia has the documents. Yes, we pulled it up. Okay, so this is – I am going to give a garbled version of this because this is like playing telephone. But I'm very, very glad I get to do this. Because then everyone could be like, okay, he's talking out of his butt. Let me double check. And when they look it up, they'll be like, no, this is right. <laughs> so Dave Smith, who's this aspiring comedian who you guys have had on the show. He's great. He's yeah. amazing. He is a big member of the Libertarian Party. And his followers are something called the Mises Caucus, which is named after this very failed think tank, the Mises Institute. So they are the more radical of the Libertarians, right? So – He's brought a lot of energy to the Libertarian Party, which has historically and correctly been regarded as a joke. And state by state, they've had these conventions, and they've been electing their slates for delegates, whatever the position is. And the Meekox people have been running the table because he's just bringing all the energy, and it's all these kind of like lowest status uh, people who have nothing to bring to the table other than this is their chance to be members of the party. They won in New Hampshire. New Hampshire of all the states, uh, this is – I completely uh, – could be wrong in this one. That's the home of the Free State Project. That's where all the hardcore libertarians move to. People can look up the Free State Project. It's a great idea. Uh, I highly encourage people to look it up. What happened was – what was the woman's name? She's Gigi. I sent you the, the, the woman who's the head of the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. Unilaterally said – Gilletta Jarvis? Gilletta Jarvis. She was, their, she was their candidate for governor. She's, she's a, I sent you the letter. Please, you can read it, where she basically said – Everyone who was in the Libertarian Party previously is now not part of the Libertarian Party. I am the Libertarian Party because I got unanimously voted to be the chair. I'm going to pass a new series of bylaws unilaterally. No one vote on them. I am going to extend my term to four years. No one vote on this. And now this is the new LP and you guys are not the LP, right? Wow. So they're like, well, we have all the bank accounts and all the everything else. She has their Twitter. Their t- Twitter. I just went, that was awesome. I went full Brooklyn. Yeah, it was oh, hardcore. Two well, Utes. Yeah. What is a Ute? What just happened? Twitter. Did I just get possessed like by Snooki? Okay. She has their Twitter and their social media. And this was a huge drama. It's like you just stole the entire thing and you're worried about this kind of like alt-right thing. You're acting like a Fuhrer. The Libertarian National Committee had a meeting on YouTube. You could go look it up a couple of days ago. They voted, and they basically endorsed what she did. They're like, how? They're like, look, if you want to like uh, dissolve one state party, we have that in our like constitution or our bylaws, which is you have a meeting, you call a p- motion, you're like, all right, three quarters of a vote, I think it is. This Libertarian Party of New Hampshire dissolves a nuclear option. We're going to reform it. They, she's like, we didn't do that. If you want to do that, let's have the vote. They're like, nope. 
now the guy who's the head of the Libertarian Party, John Bishop Henchman, I think is his name, he sent out a letter, which Lydia has, and he says, anyone, by the way, I should let you know as a lawyer, this is great libertarianism, uh, anyone who casts aspersions on my integrity, or can you please read it, blah, 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 is setting themselves up for legal action, just so you're warned. And people are like, wait, 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 you're the head of the Libertarian Party, very arguably a public figure, and you're threatening lawsuits against fellow libertarians? But apparently I got a message from Dave that they completely lost and everything's getting handed over right now. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of pushback against the Libertarian Party on Twitter. And the Free State Project tweeted a couple days ago, quote, The Free State Project was explicitly founded as a result of the continued failures of the Libertarian Party. We're we're thrilled to see New Hampshire be growing increasingly libertarian and very few Free Staters care what party does it. Uh, so a lot of people are pushing back, and I'm seeing people burning T-shirts. I'm seeing some people right. sell those T-shirts. I, I, I am here to declare. So, let me finish this by point. Following suit with what's her name again? Uh, Jaleva Jarvis. Jaleva Jarvis. I am here by declaring that I'm actually the chairman of the Libertarian Party. Mm-hmm. That all these people who are claiming to be otherwise are uh, uh, fraudulent. I'm kind of the Libertarian Party chairman in exile. And I expect all the party assets to be returned to me according to the new bylaws, which I'm writing, which will be forthcoming. Can I second that? Yes, absolutely. Nice. It's, I, it's I also confirmed. will endorse so, that. So I got a couple questions. The, the Free State Project, is that like where they're trying to get all the people to come there and like become residents and then vote for freedom or something? Yes, and slowly go into positions in great. local government. And they have elected a, a large number of local representatives that passed a lot of local laws, including ones where you could now choose your tax dollars to go through to nonprofits uh, that teach people how to homeschool their children. So your taxes could effectively go towards efforts that free children and educate them through a community way instead of a public schooling way. And New Hampshire slowly and surely is implementing a lot of different actions, a lot of different proposals, and they're getting them through, which is absolutely exciting. How how are the taxes in New Hampshire? It's the lowest. It's it's one of the lowest tax places, but property taxes are a little bit high, but it's the place that has has some of the highest gun ownership and the I least amount the yeah yeah and then the least amount of murders yep. least amount of crime the, the the place with the highest IQ the most amount of homeschool children uh, the place that has the most economic opportunities and the most amount of bitcoiners and wow. more bitcoin transactions than any other state What's in the their union URL? well so, cuz they have a list of all yeah. things that are awesome I mean this is why I moved um, to to New Hampshire and I'm going to be going back there in just a few days to be a part of Porkfest oh, oh, you got a little project. mix of Polish people I want yes, you do. Yeah, <laughs> you're doing so well now it's like uh, no there's way. actually a lot of let's, Polish people in New Hampshire let, let's go uh, back to this lady what's the URL though Hold on. Oh, sorry, sorry, let's, let's go back to this lady. Let's go to this lady, Jolada Jarvis. She's trying to take over the party. No, no, so, she has taken over. Okay, she's so declared she, herself she, to be the party. She's declared it. She is the Fuhrer of the Libertarian Party. <gasps> uh, is it because Dave Smith they don't like? or what? Yeah, because they're saying Dave Smith is bringing all these bigots and racists and all these other mm-hmm. cathedral terms. And that that's not what we're about. So, oh, wait, 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 I finished. I forgot the best part. She said, and this is, if you go to LPNH, their Twitter, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, if you want to join the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, you have to sign or say, I don't remember what their mechanism is, a loyalty oath that she wrote. What? And she put it, go to LPNH, their Twitter. What is it? Is it just at LPNH? Yeah, I believe so. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a big graphic. Interesting. Let me see if I can... Uh, when did they post it? Uh, within the last week. Maybe the 12th? Like, Oof. How so, many? Michael, is this just because they've gotten woke? Is that a symptom of this? They've been woke, and now they're being... This is what it is. The Libertarian Party is a mechanism for lowest status people to have some modicum of respect and do something mm-hmm. with their lives. And now that they're being outnumbered and the only thing that's of value to them is being taken away, of course they're going to use every trick at their disposal to maintain their hold on this minuscule amount of power. Now, this is my interpretation. They, of course, have a different perspective that we're keeping the Libertarian Party safe from Nazis, like Dave Smith, even though his family are Holocaust survivors. But that is kind of the, the two sides of this issue. Yeah. And it's hilarious because I was watching that YouTube of the, uh, uh, the executive channel meeting, and I go, this must have been what the Communist Party meetings were like in the 30s. Except everyone's on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. So, so Dave Smith That's tweeted, funny. the LPNH fiasco has been resolved. The oh. attempted coup has failed. This was not an LPMC versus LP thing. This was a few corrupt people versus all of the decent, honorable people yeah. of the libertarian, in the Libertarian Party. Real Spike Cohen, Justin Amash. Uh, Amash, yeah. Carrie, what is it? Carrie Ann Harlow. Harlow's. Harlow's. Yes. Harlow's. And others displayed true integrity. So I wonder if they took down the, the loyalty oath thing because I couldn't find it. Oh, wow. They might. I'll look forward to it. The other thing is they were threatening legal action. They're like, okay, this has nothing to do with your politics. Like, no one vote on this. You can't just one lady say these are the new bylaws. That makes no sense. Right. So if, uh, uh, if I vote for um, Dave Smith, will I get a press secretary, Michael Malice, along with it? Yeah. If I, so here's my, here's my, my, my deal was. Okay. If you go to maliceforpresssecretary.com, <sighs> I said to myself – the only way I would sign on to – I would press her during the campaign, not even during presidency. I would say I would sign on as communications director if I had one Bitcoin a month in the bank as security because if they came for me and they try to completely cancel me and, and destroy me and, and all these smear pieces, I have to know I'm not going to be homeless. That would be the greatest thing we have seen in politics in my lifetime. And this, I promised people and I, will, I, and I will say this right now and I'll affirm to it under oath. I would unleash such a season of poison <laughs> on social media that Donald Trump would look like Mother Teresa. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Do you, the amount of hatred and contempt I have for political class is so off the charts that I literally can't even talk about it because the show I would be on would be canceled. I um, Snap. I, I, I would, the Trump hand motion. That's not saying much I now. Like I mean, to, um, everyone gets canceled now. I would like to see a Michael Malice press secretary very much. I would too. Oh yeah, that'd yeah. be very entertaining. I want to be part of the part of the cabinet, man. Let's roll. Let's build I, free I, software. I, I, I want it to happen. Right. And, I feel like uh, you'd be the Hunter Biden of this administration. Just have, <laughs> just have me over for dinner, man. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of feel Ian's we'll going to be in a bed DMT. with the mic. Oh, no. well, Legalize DMT. Yeah. I'm psychedelics all the way. I'm not into the the crazy stuff. Mm, no God. crack. I'm, uh, you know, no cocaine. Yeah, no, I don't, have you I don't tried need... crack? Negative. Okay, I've I had know. friends who tried I'm, it. They I'm say not it's into really stimulants good. and downers and uppers. I just like psychedelics. Drugs are bad. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Sugar. Hey. What I want to see is your quick wit. When the journalists come asking questions. Do you know what I would do? I'll tell you exactly what I'd do. Tell me what you'd do. Uh, the thing that is a real issue with Washington is that everyone, it's very incestuous. Mm-hmm. Now, in a way, it's, it sounds worse than it is because if you're all like in like a upper middle, upper class and you're all swimming the same circles, of course the person who works for this organization works, is going to marry someone who works for this university. I mean, these are the circles you travel in. 
But to Americans, it looks much more nefarious. And I think in a sense, it is more nefarious than people realize because if your wife works for this charity, you're, you're kind of going to be have a different relationship to it. You can't help it. This is your wife. This is her life's work, right? But if you have that press secretary constantly pointing out these relationships, this is really going to, A, upset them, which is a good in and of itself. But it will also point out to Americans just how the system is us versus them. At it's, George Carlin, it's a big club and you ain't in it. So I think it's the same big club they used to beat you over the head with. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing where I think people will be very receptive because it's one thing to be aggressive, like, oh, you're an idiot, you're fake news. It's not to be like, look, you guys are all in this big kind of high school thing, and that leaves the average guy out in the streets, and President Smith is doing something about it because he's much more of a schlub than he is one of you. It would be probably Have you the greatest. see how he dresses? It's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> it's a complete embarrassment. I'm not I, saying I, like I, 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 I don't I, say it. Others do. I think the Libertarian Party, <laughs> uh, for the longest time, was – I don't want to say controlled opposition, mm-hmm. but you look at yeah. Joe Jorgensen coming out and say, and telling people what they must do was, oh, was yeah. one of the funniest she, things ever. She wanted Dershowitz a part of the Supreme Court. Oof. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> she, well, she said it is not enough to be not racist. We must be actively anti-racist. And yes. I was like, sure is something seeing the Libertarian Party telling me what I must do. The Libertarian Party in New Hampshire unfollowed me. <laughs> As we're it speaking. It follows you when I hit refresh, it went away. It, oh, but they took it back. It's, 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 one minute ago, literally one minute They're ago, listening. they pinned tweet. We're back, <laughs> three exclamation points. The Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is now in control of our assets and data. We would like to sincerely thank those on the LNC who came to our defense and those who supported us. Help us further our mission at, and the link is anarchisthandbook.com. So if you want to help the Libertarian Party, make sure you buy the Anarchist I want This well, is your book. Yeah, let's talk about yeah, your yeah. book. So you just, this is minutes. like, Top of the charts, uh, number one best-selling. Not was it fiction? Non-fiction. They, they they erased all the tweets. No, no, you're right. I look for it. So this yeah. this is what happened, and I have no uh, uh, rational explanation. Okay, I did. Many of you guys know I was just on Jordan Peterson's show uh, not that long ago. We taped yes. it a few months ago. It just dropped. I didn't even mention this book in the show at all. So I just how Amazon works, and can I get like five minutes because this is something I think it's gonna be edifying because this is an example of how the regular person can take on the publishing houses and win. Okay, if you want, and it's unfortunate it's going to be through Amazon, but right now they they basically have a monopoly. Soon there's gonna be four or five venues. How it works is you create your document, make sure you get a professional book designer, so on and so forth. You upload it to their CreateSpace site. They have to clear it, and then once they clear it, it's on Amazon to buy, just like any other book. The problem is when I sent them this, which is a collection. People always ask me anarchism, people ask me anarchism, anarchism, and I would get bored with it. I'm like, I don't have time to answer your question. I'm like, you know what? There is no book that people can go to to get the complete idea of all the colors of the black flag. So I'm like, I'm going to put together this book of historical essays. So they'd email me back. They'd be like, we have a problem with this essay. When did this person die? I'm like, Michael Bakunin died in like the 1800s. This is public domain. We have a question about this one. And in between, it's three or four days. So you're sitting there. You don't know how many days it's going to happen. Then they're like, it's live. So if there's no, you can't have a release date. My next book, I'm going to get it cleared ahead of time so that I can hit published on whatever, December 1st. It drops. And no, I didn't mention it on any of the shows I did. I didn't have a big push because I didn't know when it was coming out. For a full day, it was the number three book on all of Amazon. It was the top nonfiction book on all of Amazon. Number one was Dr. Seuss. Number two was some lady's novel. Number three was me. Hmm. For a, it wasn't like a spike because I did some show or someone mentioned it. The fact that it's still – so it was beating Obama. It was beating Hillary. It was beating President Trump. It was beating Oprah. Everybody. And the only way this happened was through fans and word of mouth. 
I still don't understand how it happened because it's asymptotic. It is much, much harder to go from 20 to 10 than from 30 to 20. You're getting steeper and steeper. Mm. We did it. I'm delighted by the response. And this is a good example of how one person with a motivated fan base spreading the ideas of liberty as opposed to Libertarian Party. I was on Breitbart earlier this week. Alex Marlowe, who's great, he's got a book out. We're doing better. Sorry, Alex. He was reading a whole section of Emma Goldman on Breitbart. The fact that I could have people talking about radical ideas, and people are hungry for radical ideas, is shows that there is a market for it. People love to talk about these concepts, but they're not usually allowed to in corporate media. The LP wants none of it, and that's why they're a joke, and that's why when I take over, it's going to be really funny. I think we were some of those fans. You were. You yeah. guys pushed it. It means well, a lot. Well, we Are were, you still chairman, though? I, I think I'd be chairman in the Chinese sense. Okay, got um, it. President. We, President. So one of the things we, we, had, we had said, right, we keep getting super chats where people are like, so they'll say something innocuous and then turn it into a pitch for Michael Knowles' book. Sure. Okay. So they'll be like, you know, I can't believe what they're doing with cancel culture on social media. It's leaving me speechless, much like Michael Knowles' book, Speechless. That's clever. And uh, whenever, you know, so we read them and it is clever. But I always say, uh, you know, so I've, I've, I've you know, chatted with michael a little bit and he's just like oh man are they they're, they're, they're still pushing that meme and i was like it's fantastic i love it yeah it's i want i want everyone to buy your book so it's the top of the charts i want everyone to buy michael malice's book so it's, so it's the top of the charts i want everyone to buy andy no's book unmasked top of the yeah. charts all of them then when regular people go to amazon to find a book what are they going to get the most influential subjects are going to be written by smart people challenging the establishment and here I, i'm going to let you guys in a little inside baseball i've not told anyone this it's the first time revealing Ooh. this I got a call from one of the major, major publishers. There's only like four or five of them. And, and this is an editor I knew. And he goes, your book got flagged because whenever you have these independent books that do gangbusters, it's our job to be like, how did this happen? And huh. he's getting on a call with me. And I like the guy, but I'm going to tell him, you guys are screwed. There's nothing you can do to fix your model. You're going to go the way of Warner Brothers Atlantic Records, which back in the day, there were four or five record labels. All the records are through them. Now you guys still have a large proportion, just like ABC, CBS, and NBC have of sitcoms. But in terms of channels, there's not only cable, like dozens. On YouTube, it's literally infinite. You are never going to be in position to be Random House or, or St. Martin's or Simon & Schuster the way you were because I right now have demonstrated to you, and I'm not magic, that I could go there and beat you at your own game. And here's the other thing. Let's suppose th they can run the table on me. If I sold this book to them on January 1st, it would come out January 2023. What happened was in February, a fan of mine, Marla, said, look, there hasn't been a book like this. The last one that was like this in the 60s, why don't you do that audio book? And I said, why don't you just do it from scratch? And it was out in May. So that turnaround is something they are not in a position to do. So uh, this book is it's a collection of essays Correct. by a bunch of famous anarchists. And you're going to read one of them. I am going to read one of the f classic essays yes, uh, shortly after we wrap up here. For the actually. audio book. And, but but is, 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 is there like a, a lot of original from you in this? No. This is, so the whole point of this is people always ask me about anarchism as if I'm an authority on the subject. Ha ha. The slogan I have on the back is the black flag comes in many colors. This has been a long historical tradition that has swept under the rug. There's very many variants. There's the hardcore anarcho-communists, which in many ways are predecessors to Antifa. There's the contemporary anarcho-capitalists, which the left wings do not consider anarchists at all. But this just shows f alternatives to government and critiques of government from many different points of view. Let, let me ask you about the political compass, right? People, sure. people like to say that Antifa is the left libertarian quadrant and that Antifa— I would say left libertarian. Left, certainly, yeah. Right, definitely not libertarian. Right. Um, 
people like you just mentioned, anarcho-communists are the precursor to Antifa. Sure. I'm not, I, I don't believe that those who would use force to impose their will over others would be classified as libertarian or anarchist. But they would certainly be anarchists. Like the guy on the cover, Louis Ling, his essay, he was arrested by Illinois uh, for, being, for making bombs, and he explicitly set up for force. So their vision, this was their argument. And I, 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 since we're on YouTube, I'm gonna be, I, I have to make clear this is historical stuff. This is not something I'm endorsing people doing. It's not something I personally believe in. But their argument, because they came out of a communist tradition, which is not Marxist. So I would strongly encourage all the people who are libertarians who read this. The one essay they love the most is by Michael Bakunin from 1867. Bakunin was Marx's big rival for the international left. And his essay, 50 years before the Soviet Union, said this is what Marxism is going to mean in practice. This is why it's a nightmare a thousand times worse than the czar. You guys are crazy. You guys are evil. This is not what we're about. He called it. It's all in here. So they were for force in this sense. Their argument was, which, again, I don't agree with, that because the police and the government are tools of the wealthy to exploit the population and to keep poor laborers starving and can't feed their kids. Remember, this is before the welfare state. It is our job to use weaponry as self-defense to have this revolution, to have you guys not keep bleeding us dry. So, so I, in that regard, perhaps I agree with you that they were the precursor to Antifa, which yeah. I view as an overtly authoritarian left movement because sure. they attack regular people. Correct. So they would not be in favor of that. Any right. of the people in this book would not be in favor of that. Right, right, right. So that, I guess that's my distinction. The modern version of the people who claim to be left libertarian are anything but. And let me also uh, defend these commies from a lot of these anarcho-capitalists. Emma Goldman, who I love, was deported by Woodrow Wilson via J. Edgar Hoover in the, uh, during the Great War. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And sent to Russia. And she goes there. Because the argument is when push comes to shove, these people are going to be Stalinists. She goes to Russia. She's looking around. She's like, this is not what we're about. This is a disaster. She goes to Lenin's office, yells at him. She goes, we're anarchists. We're, we're for free speech. We're for the maximum freedom of the individual. What are you guys doing? He goes, free speech. He told her her face. Free speech is a bourgeois contrivance. At the very least, you can't have it during periods of revolution. So go home, Emma. Her mentor, Kropotkin, was under house arrest you know, in the Soviet Union. She left with her partner in crime, literally crime, Alexander Berkman. They each wrote books denouncing this. And Emma's was called My Disillusionment in Russia. When she went to Britain, Emma Goldman, the heroine of the left, she's the, you know, this is as left as it gets. She gave a speech. She starts with a standing ovation. She's like, guys, what's going on in the Soviet Union is a nightmare. This is exactly what we're opposed to. This is horrible from beginning to end. When she was done, you could hear, you could hear a pin drop because they weren't hearing it because they were more than happy this is going to be a big theme in my next book, to have all these Russians over there. Let's have it be an experiment. Listen, if, if it doesn't work, who cares? It's the Russians not affecting us. And if it works, then we get to import it. So this was really cynical, sick stuff. And when Ayn Rand, uh, who escaped the Soviet Union, was on Donahue in 1979, I tweet this all the time. Donahue says to her, how are you so harsh against these people? How are you just condemnatory? Can't you just say you disagree? Why do you call them so evil? She goes, because I look at them. Because they don't hesitate to sacrifice whole nations. And more recently in our time, Venezuela, which you mentioned, 
how many people were like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, Venezuela, what's going on there? And then later they weren't like, what have I – I could – I would have – I would be perfectly fine with them being like, you know what? Just like Goldman or Berkman. They're like, I thought this was going to be great and look how it turned out. I was wrong and we really need to have solidarity with people in Venezuela, especially as leftists. We should worry about poor people. Oh. And there's none of that. Pin drops. I went to Venezuela. Uh, stores were empty. It was very, very difficult to buy things. We went to a mall, if you can call it that, and it was just a bunch of empty stores and yeah. some were open. We did go to some areas that you know, had food. There were wealthier areas. Luke also went to Venezuela. Someone you, was literally shot and killed as soon as I landed at the airport. And, but, but, yeah. it, at you, the you airport? Filmed. At the airport. The airport is one of the most dangerous places you could be in Caracas, Venezuela. Why is that? Look, uh, that's where all the major robberies and uh, crimes happen. And an Egyptian guy was literally just just a couple of minutes in front of me, leaving the airport. Some guys tried to mug him. He resisted. They shot it. Uh, I heard the shot as I was going through customs. But I want to point how crazy out, crazy Venezuela is. Uh, Luke posted a bunch of videos of these markets that were just barren. Yeah. But there were leftists, American leftists, who went to Venezuela and went to the Potemkin markets okay. and filmed all the glory of all their products, saying you know, how great it was. The Chavista areas. Right. The, the communist-friendly yep. areas that, that were, of course, friendly with the regime. This is and, what people don't realize. Yeah. Sorry, Trip. When you go to these countries where the government runs everything— they also are perfectly happy. This happened in the 90s in North Korea and many other places. They're like, okay, we've got enough food for 500 people. We've got uh, uh, 2,000 people. Who's going to get the food? They're not going to say we're going to do it equally. They're going to take care of their own first in a way you can't blame them because yeah. if they don't take care of their own, they're going to lose their hold on power and therefore not continue the revolution. So from their perspective, they don't have a choice. It's horrifying. And again, what we talked about earlier, Americans have no clue what this is like but my next book's going to change are that. there ways to dissolve monarchy that aren't violent well yeah they could abdicate decentralize every problem we see comes from centralization comes from big governments comes from people saying that they're going to fix everyone's problems and that's impossible we have to realize and wake up as a people and understand that one person shouldn't be responsible for everyone else and we should all be responsible for ourselves personal responsibility yes yep or call your friend hire someone it doesn't you know like people are like oh in an anarchist society you'd be the first one shot i'm like why don't i have the ability to call in my big mma yeah. friends to be like hey can you uh, be my housemate well but, but hold on hold on if the idea was that criminal punishment deters crimes why do we still have crimes right we've got very harsh problems we got what what is it like a quarter of the world's prison population is here it's in the u.s it's yeah. unconscionable there, there were several studies that the death penalty was not a deterrent for people committing extreme crimes I, I look at it this way when it comes to like gun rights specifically. I sometimes cross busy streets. Cars don't hit me. You know why? They have brakes. Surprise, surprise. The individuals driving those cars don't want to kill somebody. Right. It's not because of the law. It's because they don't want to kill somebody. And, and also, let's be completely sociopathic about it. They don't want the headache from damaging their car. So ah, even sure. if they don't value your life, there's still going to be a cost for them in terms of like, why do I, I'd rather the break yeah. than having a day of having to deal with this blood. It's, let's, let's, it's, uh, it's yeah. when people get desperate is when they change. No one really wants to hurt until they're starving and they need oh, food and everything's yeah. in their way. I think there's a lot of evil people out there. Who get off on hurting like children? Yeah. And yeah. Weak, and a lot of home. sociopaths. Most of them yeah. are in Washington D.C. per capita, the most largest amount. Th th this is why my uh, new political ideology is called Marxism, and it's where we take yeah. Elon Musk's starship. Whenever someone, uh, we take all of Congress and all the politicians, they go in the ship, and, and then it, t it blasts off. Then what? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, asked, I've asked too much. He just, he just told you. <laughs> That's it. It's gone. I Man. like this. The the end. I just you know, watched you, Elysium. You know what, else, what happens next? We all live happily ever after. <laughs> Applause. <laughs>
<laughs> and then what we do is whenever someone wins a position in office, we have smaller rockets and yeah. they blast off. <laughs> so you won. Congratulations. Right this way, sir. See ya. Adios. Let's go to soup to chat. To serve oh, government. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it must be done. I was going to bring up Tehran, but uh, we have chats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they ban politicians in in a Mexican city with 30,000 people. They ban politicians, political slogans, political signs, and people deal with their problems through a community, one-on-one basis. And it's one of the largest anarchist places in the world, Chiron, Mexico. I did a full documentary on it on my YouTube channel, We Are Change, and it's worth a watch because the ideas expressed there have been carried out with large populations in a peaceful, cohesive way with people taking personal responsibility for themselves and standing up to government, to the car tells and to the police officers that were all corrupted and doing horrible things to the community and now they're living in peace where literally homicides down completely murders stopped completely uh kidnapping stopped completely all because people decided to take their life into their own personal hands can i give you some unsolicited advice yeah uh for you and everybody else if you're doing something like this get a url that would be easy to remember. So instead of going to We Are Change, you just go to like IranianDocumentary.com. They go straight to it. So that's yeah. a cheap, easy way to pr- promote stuff. Uh, I, I'm really big proponent of that. All of our sponsors, we do that. Yeah. yeah. N- number two is uh, I don't think people – like the ANCOMs, they get something – a lot of stuff right because human beings are not Lord of the Flies despite what we're told in Hobbesian. When you look at Survivor, the only reason these people are fighting is because they have to vote each other out. When people tend to be in communities for the – most part, which is like 90%, which is a huge percentage, they really don't want headaches. They don't want conflict. They just want to get along and like sometimes like, okay, my neighbor's noisy. Am I really going to call the cops? Even Judge Judy berated one of the, plaint- uh, the plaintiffs or defendants once. She goes, I'm like, I'm, she's like, I'm 900 years old. I've had lots of neighbors. Some I like, some I don't like. Some are annoying, some are not annoying, whatever. I've never called the cops in any of them. Because when you're dealing in a community, you have to – anyone who lives in a city, you have to just have some, some little sacrifices. So I think people don't appreciate to what extent cooperation is the norm. Like you see a kid uh, – it, it's just kind of – it's just taken for granted. I think Let's the, go to Super Chats. The, the yes. problem is you say 90 percent. But are, the 10 percent. Yes, correct. 10 percent doesn't scale properly because if you have 100,000 people, that's no, 10,000 right, crazies. Ian, and you need law enforcement. In my opinion – Well, you so, need security. Yeah, and we point. need super chats. Yes, you yes, are yes. right about so that. So if you it. haven't already, smash the like button. Go to TimCast.com. Become a member and help support our work as we expand our newsroom. Hire more awesome people with your support. And uh, subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. Share the show with your friends so that uh, I just think, uh, is it wrong for me to say that we deserve more ratings than CNN? I wouldn't say ratings, more viewers. More viewers. Is ratings it? is a Nielsen thing. Why sure. are you giving Nielsen the credit? Yeah. Well, I, you know what I mean. Like, I, don't know, I, I, think you, I don't want to say deserve, earned. Do you, well, well, what I mean is CNN gets propped up by YouTube. They get put on the front page. Right. They get put in – well, they're not in airports anymore. They just are given this. They're the, I think we should have more people watching us than watching them and, and other channels as well. I, I, I think the vibe here is a lot more entertaining. So uh, if you yes. agree with Michael and it's entertaining, share the show with your friends. All right, let's read some of these super no chats. No one watching the show has friends. Who are you fooling? <laughs> who are you that's fooling? A, that's a good point. That's Come on. Point. Who are you fooling? All right. Scott Beach says, Mr. Mouse, I bought all your books. Belong to your locals community, and my only real interaction with you is on Twitter. And is your polls, but you blocked me on Twitter. Why? I don't know who you are. What? <laughs> I I have no idea. You don't know Scott Beach? I don't. What's his username? I'm assuming it's Scott Beach. I don't know. I don't know why I blocked you, Scott. Scott, if you're in my locals, I will unblock you. There you go. If you go to malice.locals.com and support me, I'll sometimes it happens you. accidentally too. People no, don't it doesn't. realize. What you've never accidentally hit the block button? No. You have to confirm it, don't you? 
I don't think you have yeah, to, you but do. it's like two, you have to go to their profile, then you have to hit block, then you have to yes, yeah, you're correct. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Well, yeah, there you, you go. have to confirm. So yeah. you purposefully shout out one of your biggest fans. I, 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 get I would it, say he's one of my biggest fans, or I know his name. All right. And I'll tell you why I blocked you too. Wait, there's another comment that's identical. <laughs> Here they come. <laughs> I love that they're super yeah. chatting us this. The Michael, the Michael Angelou, literally the same thing he said. What's huh. his name? The Michael Angelou. Is he on Locals too? And he said the exact same thing. I bought all your books, belong to your Locals community, blah, 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 and you blocked me on Twitter. Is How it the same guy? Is it verbatim the same? Is yeah, copy-paste? It is. It's copy-and-paste, but it's a different person. But it, I think that's multiple accounts. I see that it's sometimes in the chat. Verbatim? It's it's two a ver- there's in a row. two super chats that are verbatim, verbatim. the same. Yep. Okay, yep. I'll, I'll look into it in my locals. Huh. Reply to the, just yeah, just reply to the Elizabeth Spires thread. Huh. Novum says 354 more federal holidays and we'll meet the end goal. Malice, you've changed my life for the better. I have never had so much personal responsibility as I have now. Oh. Here's the other thing that's amazing: like a federal holiday is just a lockdown. It's just making it illegal for you to go to work for, if you have certain jobs. Yeah. Yeah. How could, could people be, uh, uh, comfortably smug? Who well, is government Twitter? jobs, right? Well, comfortably smug who's a Twitter account I absolutely love. Oh, yeah. Like, he's like, how could someone be against this holiday, you know, c- celebrating black achievement? Juneteenth, they just made a federal holiday. Yeah. I'm like, because all a federal holiday is, is it's illegal for you to go to work. Oh, no, no, only, only in the government, right? But the banks, well, the banks choose to do it. Sh- I, I, I don't know. They don't. If you're, really? a mem- if you're a bank, I think you have to be closed by federal holiday, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Yeah. Well, Please double check this. I got, a, I got an issue with Juneteenth, the name. It should be called like, uh, like, uh, what do they call Abolition Day or like, what do they call it it's when they, a historical name. they freed the slaves on that day, right? No, well, but, so the, the, arguably the slaves were freed with the Emancipation Proclamation. Emancipation but was, Day, that would there be was, that, That's not June 19th. There was still active civil war. It wasn't until the North actually went into Texas and enforced the law long after the war was over when people were still illegally holding slaves. The last slave was freed was this day celebrated. Okay. I'm, I, I like it. Um, I, I saw, I think it was, uh, was it Charlie Kirk who, who tweeted that it was wrong because it was a race-based yeah. holiday or whatever? My attitude is like, we have Independence Day where we have this ideological revolution where we severed ourselves from the monarchy. What about Labor Day? It's just Martin a class Luther holiday. King Day, yeah. Right. But Martin Luther I, King Day was originally called Black People's Day. Oh, wow. Did you not know this? Yeah. No. no. So the Independence Day for us was when we had this ideological revolution and physical revolution of sorts. And uh, we, we, we severed ourselves from monarchy. We realized that divine providence wasn't what makes law. And then uh, what are we, 80 or so years later, we had another ideological revolution that you cannot hold people as property. And it was much blood was shed for this. I love it. It's, it's an Independence Day. Yeah. I mean, the, the it, June, it's, a, it's a major step forward for freedom in America. Yeah. So I, I, in terms of like, the, like, it's better than a tree. <laughs> no, no, but like Arbor, Arbor Day. If you ask me which of these is a, is a more important holiday, it's going to be a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Metal, Metal Retro Duchess says, Luke, you should make a T-shirt that says, Fortified Elections Have Consequences. That seems that's, like a very safe term. That's a pretty good one, actually. It's <laughs> like yeah. pretty good. Fortified. I like that. We, act, we, have, we have someone joining soon, who's, so we're going to expand our merch, and we're going to do merch like new different shirts and I'm memes so and stuff. I'm so excited. Yeah, we got a lot of people joining. Um, we're going to be really big really, really fast. We just got the, one of the best 3D printers on the market. Ooh, we're gonna be we're gonna be making stuff. We're gonna be doing uh, uh, for the guests that are interested portraits that we'll auction off to yes. fans. Are they so, gonna be like uh, like car- like caricatures? I guess they could be. Well, are they? Or, I, I don't want to. No, they were. They're meant to be regular portraits of people on the show. Yeah. You know, hand drawn portraits. 
like someone we'll have someone draw with the like guest a, with painting or like a pencil like a digital painting oh that sounds and then, awesome and then cool? we, we we print it out have it signed and then we auction it off oh like gosh. one of a kind oh i like this we, we want to do a bunch of things to expand culture to create uh symbols so i'll i'll, I'll try to be quick with this i went to a uh, lecture on music business 15 years ago and this guy was explaining the the business of music is not about the song. It's about the memories yes. that you create. Yes. And he said, here's one thing that we did. We had a big set drop, which is a gigantic flag that was checkered. And after the show, we cut every checkered piece out and sold those to the fans. Oh, wow. That way they would always retain a piece mm-hmm. that would remind them every time they looked at it. What you need to understand about merchandise is not that someone is going to be wearing a shirt. Not that they're advertising yeah, your band, yeah, yeah. but that every time they open their closet, they remember that moment they shared with you. We need that. We need people to remember the conversations, remember how they felt about them, and own something. When they see that portrait of Michael Malice autographed, and maybe we'll do like prints, but we'll do one autograph yeah, for yeah, one. Yeah. People will have this really cool picture, and then their friends will say, what's this? Oh, it's this guy, Michael Malice. got a great book. you got to read it. It generates the conversation. It keeps it insight in mind. This is why I don't have a blanket, but I cover myself with the AIDS quilt. To remember all the people who died so young tragically in the 80s. Right on. All right. Let's read some more. Eric Miller says, I trolled the king of trolls live using his own words against him as uh, as he was dressed as Superman who gets weak with rocks from his own planet on April Fool's Day. It was worth Gitmo, good sir. My respects. (laughs) I love it when people create their own little backstories. (laughs) Hashtag that happened. And everyone clapped. That's right. All right. Superman, if he wasn't scared of green rocks, says... Tim, she hasn't gotten the monkey yet. She was halfway there, and another monkey had diarrhea. So now she has to wait a week. Michael, there is still time. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, Cassandra, I love you. I'm in love with you. You know this. <laughs> Listen, I no, I can sit down and talk to you about animals for literally days. Let's come up with a better exotic, like sugar glider. Yes, those are so possums cute. that you that like to be in your pocket. They're adorable. They're monkey shaped in size. Oh. They're inf- and they smell nice because they only eat fruit. There's, the males have a bald spot. They rub it on things that make it smell like banana. They're amazing <laughs> pets. Amazing. It's so much better. And their lifespan is shorter. There's, and they have little hands where their, fi- their fingers are, are stuck together because they try to climb things. There's so much. And you could throw them like a ball because they glide. Yeah, like so you throw it to your daughter, you throw it back. And they float. Yes. They glide. They glide. They Look it up, sugar gliders. It would, it, not only is it going to be a tenth the price, it's going to be pleasure instead of headache as the monkey bites your beautiful child. The marmoset would do that? Yes, they're nasty. Hmm. I, I'm so ready for hmm. this. I want a sugar glider now. You, they're we'll, great. We'll, they, we'll, they're we'll, domesticated. Why not a dog? <laughs> we'll have to call Cassandra that, afterwards. That's too basic. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand she wants something weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, Stalin uh, Cepetus says, Hi, Tim. I love your show. You need to defeat CNN. Telemundo and Univision are worse than CNN. Greetings from Dominican Republic. Ian, you are awesome. Okay. Well, they're worse because when they talk about COVID, at the very beginning, they have the upside down exclamation point. So it really gets scary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spanish. All right. J. Rich says, holy crap. How did you guys manage to get the cash cab guy on? Best episode ever. <laughs> knock, knock. I'm a gorilla. Just kidding, though. Michael is awesome. Can't wait for his show. Yeah, you were on Cash Cab. I was. That's did you awesome. win? You did pretty think? well. I All I, I do is it. win, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I sent you the video. It was pretty oh, entertaining. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was great. What was uh, the, was the what, what's the driver's name? Do you know what, Ben Bailey? Yeah, was he like shocked how smart you were? Oh, you want the Cash Cab story? Yeah, yeah. When I am someone is trapped in a situation with me, I'm going to do whatever I can to get them to break. So I was messing with him the entire time. 
uh, I was just talking about like how'd you get on Cash Cab? I'm like, I got my knee pads and met the producers. Like, just really things. And I'm like, <laughs> what are they gonna edit in and what are they gonna edit out? And the very last thing was double or nothing, right? It's like a video bonus round. And at that point, we had two out of the three strikes. And your adrenaline is through the roof. And you're like, I just want this to be done. So, Because if you get the three strikes, you lose all of it. Yeah. So like, I just want to get to my location get the money. And then he's like, you know, we have this thing called double nothing. And I go, okay, we're just going to take the money. He go, and he goes, can you just sit and pretend that you're thinking about it for a second? <laughs> and we taped it, taped it again. As soon as I left the cash cab, they give you fake money. They really give you a check later. And I turn to the cab. They go, what are you going to do with money? I go, this is all going up my nose. Because I saw some behind the music about like Aerosmith oh or Motley Crue. They're like, what you do with your money? They go, it's all up my nose. That got cut. But, <laughs> that's, so he was not having a good day with me as literally the backseat driver just clowning him the whole time. Right I'm on. a horrible person. That's and I, mean, I we, love it. We enjoy your presence. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. Let's see. Uh Josh Shepard says, does Timcast have a tip line slash contact for news or stories? Just the tip. I li- just the, just oh, the tip. Yeah. I live just outside of Portland that's asking it. for a friend. We don't right now. That's a good idea. We'll make one. For now, pitches at timcast.com dude, is a good, good way to dude, do it. just buy tipcast.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tipcast. Tipcast. Yeah. yeah get it quick. Like someone's going to get it. Get it. Someone's buying so, it right you, now. You just told people to buy it. They bought it. Dude, oh. just the so tip at timcast.com. I think yeah. I think Mike. Mike That's actually a good idea for a tip Pretty line. Clever. Yeah. Although I don't know if people would take it seriously. All right, <laughs> the one free man says anything successful is racist. They don't want you to be successful or global also, warming. Those are the two. They alternate. Yes. yes. Also, the state label labels patriots as terrorists because the one enemy of a patriot is a corrupt tyrannical government. Well, the founding fathers were terrorists. They were all uh, revolutionaries. Literally, that's, right. that's what yes. King George called them. Uh, don't tell the back the blue crowd what they did. Ooh. Okay, uh, I can't or, read. Are the Ayn Rand crowd? Yeah, I can't read Cyrillic, but they say we can't. Uh, you can't. I can. Can you? I can, but very poorly. It says uh, it's like an. I, I can't even describe what the letters are. To yeah, be okay. backwards R probably. Uh, it's a backwards A, E backwards A R E. I can't. H, I, there's no way this. Yeah, two backwards ends. Okay, uh, two backwards ends. I do understand that eating eggs fresh from the chicken's butt is just eating cicadas with a few extra steps, don't you? Yeah, mm. asking me. No, 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 I think they're just saying it. Go back to Russia. <laughs> so, so I tweeted <laughs> with your cicada food. I tweeted yesterday. I had eggs fresh from the chicken's butt, and yeah. today I had a tomato fresh off the vine. Oh, those were good. City folk be missing out. Yeah. So that's what that's in reference to. Yeah, we definitely uh, don't have uh, eggs and tomatoes in the city. Look, look, look. I don't. I don't. I have a filtration system for cicadas. Okay. I'm not going to eat a cicada. Put them in the I chickens. filter it through the chicken, yes. and the chicken turns it into an egg. Smart. And then I cook the egg with some chili powder and some some uh, peppers, and it's delicious. There, this is being made into one of those videos where they edit everything and make us have funny reactions. <laughs> right now. <laughs> that little clip. What's the name? Pink Trip? He's doing that right now. I hope so. Uh, yeah, we got chickens. Only one lays eggs because she was a rehome. The other ones, the there turns out uh, the we thought it was a transgender uh, uh, chicken. It turns out to actually just been a rooster who was assigned female at birth, and that was an error on the part of the hatchery. So now all, he's got like they're getting older, and the rooster has like his favorite girls. They're like the bigger ones, I guess. That's yeah. what he's into. And then they all, 
Well, it, it's I, it is. I don't know if it's Drew Chicken or whatever. <laughs> but he'll he'll walk over and lay down, and then like his two favorite girls come and lay with him. Oh. And then the other girls run up and they lay on the outside. Oh. And the one rehome just stands in the corner with its wings out, going like just freaking out. Life is really good when you have a favorite girl. Yeah, yeah that's, right. that's right. All right, let's see. Special Taxi says, I've been a long-time supporter of both you and Malice. Love it when the dear leader is on TimCast. Dear writer. Also very happy that Luke is back. Don't you guys ever get tired of winning? Uh, I'll sometimes. let you know when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I try to make race. it as challenging winning. as possible. Uh, yeah. So it's rewarding, you know? You know what? I, 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 I've been... Let me just put it this way. Um, in response to winning all the time. It's not that I'm winning all the time. It's that I don't really view winning and losing as different things. So, like, uh, when I skate, for instance, and I fall, I don't look at it like I failed. It's just the same exact thing to me. But landing it is like reaching the goal, you know? I guess I kind of view it like everything we do, whether it works or it doesn't work, is just a part of the process. And can I also thank the audience from, like, the bottom of my heart? Like, people – it's really kind of very sick and by design, I would guess, that, like, like urban media elites – Make it a point that if you're ex- experiencing, ex- trying to express kindness or, or uh, uh, gratitude, that they have to have some sneer or that is somehow inferior to like complaints. Uh, I, I'm in a different position as an author because I can't tell you, I can, it's going to be under 10, how many book projects I had that failed because you write the proposal, you, I have a very big shot agent, he shops it around to there's like seven houses, and if none of the editors want it, that book proposal is dead. Now, because of this anarchist handbook and other books, I don't need to get that editor's approval. I could put this out. Maybe it sells crap, but it still exists. I've still from concept to execution. So that is a major thing that's happened only in the last five years. Right on. All right. So thank you. In the the super chat says in the greater Seattle area, there's been a lot of military aircraft and helicopters. It may just be a reserve weekend, but I'm way more aware of it. Interesting. I see what, uh, what's going on with Russia and China, and I'm, I'm pessimistic in the short term, optimistic in the long term. But I think, you know, uh, w- w- were you the one who was uh, bearish on fourth turning stuff and Thucydides trap? Or Oh, I heard it's Thucydides is how you pronounce his name. Thucydides, Thucydides isn't it? I think it's Thucydides in oh, Greek. interesting. Yeah. That makes sense because they don't have the C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That right. sound, yeah. Thucydides. I, I, that wasn't me that you're referring to. You I don't, don't like the fourth okay. turning. I don't know what that, that is. It's, it's the, it's the Stra- Strasshaus generational Oh, theory. I don't like that stuff. I hate right, right, that right, stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it seems to astrology to me. Um. All right. Mr. Hunt, first name Michael, says oh. illegal immigrants pouring over the border, political prisoners in solitary confinement. China is ramping up for war with the U.S. Why aren't we trying harder? Why can't you and other news guys start a movement for secession? Well, I don't think secession would help us in a war with China. Well, it would make everything uh, yeah, worse. Would. First of all, you guys, what's this guy's <laughs> name? <laughs> um, his last name is Hunt and his first name is Mike. Okay, listen, Mr. Hunt. If that is your real name. <laughs> Something uh, tells me it's not. In 2015, <laughs> I was the one who wrote the article about it's time to disunite the states. I was the first yeah. one calling for the secession stuff. Jesse Kelly was second. So please don't point fingers when you don't when you were talking about. Yeah, and I, I was with the idea, not even knowing that you were even talking about it. The first time I went on the show, it was the first idea I brought up. Yes. I was like, we need a peaceful divorce right. because it makes sense to, to avoid a lot of the bigger drama and fighting that is going to happen and is going to be ugly. Yeah. I have been saying this for 10 years. Yeah. The entire time yeah, I've but been no following to politics. A woman in politics. Come on now. Let's have some sense. Yeah. It's about yeah. time we start. I think so. Right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And that yeah. woman's name is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, well, she wants to abolish the ATF. I know. I know. It's great. <laughs> I, I just want to abolish ATF agents. <laughs> 
All right. Uh, Dilly Dilly says, thank you, Luke, for addressing Canadian Gestapo style police. Not oh, enough yeah. discussion about it up here. Luke, please don't leave right away. But someone followed up immediately. Uh, Luke, please leave right away. <laughs> and Terrican says, to everyone that's begging Luke to stay, y'all do know he has his own channel, right? And it's pretty damn good. It's called We Are Change. Yep. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm indeed. very close to 700,000 YouTube subscribers. Is that true? Yep. That's so amazing. It's amazing, especially with me confronting the head of Alphabet before at Bilderberg and pissing him off and chasing him down the street. <laughs> good for you. So I'm very lucky and very blessed. And I, I can't thank you guys enough for being a part of it and making me better by... Uh, by constantly uh, criticizing me correctly. You do amazing work, dude. This is, this is for you, Michael. Stoker Roylet says, Tim and company, love your show. I've had a monkey as a pet. Worst decision I've ever made. Oh, the God. only thing the monkey did was constantly, continuously, through an unrelenting, never-ending stream of excrement at me. Oh. Bad time oh. in my life. Oh. I don't think yeah. marmosets do that, though. Yes, they do. <laughs> Oh. Why would marmosets be like different? That's a monkey you got to call Mar- her. Tonight. They're, monkey. They're just small monkeys. Yeah. I got to tell you a story. So, um, what, 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 they have they have macaques in Brazil, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. I was in Rio, and we were walking down the street when I got hit by something, <laughs> and I like turned around, like, "What happened?" And the guy was like, "He's okay. He's just a monkey." And I was, or he said, he, I think he said macaque. And I was like, "What? Excuse you're, me. You're, like, <laughs> you're what? <laughs> like, I got hit by something, and he said it's just a it's just a macaque." And then. I, I didn't know what it meant. I, I didn't think he said he hit me with, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. And then he was like, look up there. And then I look, and there was a little monkey on top of, like, a, a, a bus, like, seating thing. And it was, like, looking at us, and it yelled, and it threw something at me again. It was just the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. They're all over Rio, I guess. They just run around and do their thing, you know. But if you look at a monkey's energy, they're very frenetic. They're always yeah. looking around. They're yeah. bouncing around. It's not something that should be in this small space that you would give, like, let's suppose a sure glider or something right. else that's cool. Yeah, they need to swing through trees. Yeah. I mean, I, and, I, and, and they're smart enough to know you're the one keeping me prisoner here. Yeah, I experienced them in Thailand and in India, and in both times, they're, they're gangster and they're, they're trouble. Yes. All right. Let's see. Legama Thigion says, I met an anti-Trump. I met an anti-Trump leftist with a cast still on their arm from being pulled from the path of the car in Charlottesville by a right wing militiaman who saved them. They fully debunked the good people on both sides hoax. Can I email email you their name and YouTube? This person is a patriot. Interesting. Uh, Pitches at TimCast.com. All right, Christopher says, Tim, your ignorance to the law is amazing sometimes. If a crime is committed with a gun, they never give the guns back. Mm. Yeah, but it's not necessarily a crime that, of the gun that they're being charged with, right? Uh, well, my point is if he won and didn't plead guilty, then it right. wasn't a crime. Yeah. Then they'd get his guns back. How could you be like, well, you know, you're not guilty of committing a crime, but we're going to take it because it was a crime. That but doesn't... sometimes they do that, like drug stuff. Like if you're not convicted, they still keep the stuff. No. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's so true. we don't know how the law works. Evil state stuff, man. Yeah. All right. Or they could be like, we lost it. Boogaloo boy says, oh, rip boy. <laughs> you, you don't, you want me to? You no, but, to... but you know what the boogaloo, I mean, boog- oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. But it's the super chat and they said, yeah, rip yeah. Duncan Lemp. Time yes, to raise the you. black flag uh, is near. Stay safe and stay deadly. Who is Duncan? You we don't want that story deserves a lot more <laughs> attention. Yes, I talked about it. It was, was a no knock raid in the middle of the night in Maryland from a police department, a SWAT department in Maryland that's known for having many controversial no knock raids. And as you were describing, an, a man was shot when he was sleeping. His through the window. His, his pregnant girlfriend was ripped ripped away through glass and uh, you know no one really talks about the story but this is a huge story and they're refusing to release the body cam footage yeah still yep. whoa and oh none of the cops are going to be charged and he's dead yeah and here's the thing here's the thing let's let's steel man this argument let's pretend 
because the argument was you got a tip. He's got like a red flag gun law. You got yep. a guy who's got an illegal and he's like, let's say he's like a really evil person who's killed kids before or whatever. Just let's, let's make him as worst possible who shouldn't have these guns. You know, he's armed. You know, there's a girl in there and he, he was with his parents, I believe. You know, there's people there. You stake out that house. You wait until he leaves to go to 7-Eleven. You knock on the door where mom and the girlfriend go, here's our warrant. Get the F out of our way. We're going to search this house from attic to basement. We're going to tear apart the furniture. But you get to be alive and you go stand in the corner. Yeah. Everyone, including the gun people, would be like, if, you have, if I have to choose between these two scenarios, I'm choosing this one. The idea of a no-knock I, – I said this line on Glenn Beck, and I'll say it again. I'll say it till I'm dead in the face. Even Stalin had the courtesy to knock. <laughs> wow. You yeah. laugh, but think about it. I know. Even yeah. the KGB, Germany, you're at night. You're terrified because, oh, my God, it's 2 in the morning. They're coming to take us to the gulag. The fact that you could shoot guns blazing for an American who might have guns – it's not like he has – look, if he had, what, what, what if, he had a kid, if he had a kid hostage, if this is an imminent terror threat, I can wrap my head around it very, very easily. What the, was their claim against him? That he had guns they shouldn't have. He has a red flag law. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This, so this was – Executed There was not sleep. even a claim that he was an imminent threat to anyone. Nice. So the premise behind no-knock raids – let's also explain it because it sounds so psychotic – is we have to do these because otherwise the person might destroy the evidence. Now, I can even wrap my head if it's a Coke dealer and he's going to flush the Coke down the toilet. Why they don't just shut off the water in that case doesn't make sense to me and is really risking these officers' lives worth of cocaine. You Hold can on. still flush toilet Fine. even if the water's sure. off. The point is you're not flushing those guns down the toilet. Yeah. You cannot destroy an armada and arsenal of guns in even a long period of time. Yeah. And these people are murderers. Yeah. And, you and just, by yeah. the way, this is why I say all cops are criminals. How much money would it take Gretchen Whitmer to tell you to put on body armor and at 3 in the morning shoot someone in their sleep or break down their door while they're in bed at age 23 with their pregnant girlfriend? If you can take any kind of money to do that, you are a monster. All right. Charles uh, Balyosian says, welcome to Tim Pool Bets. Everyone demand a jury trial. The state can't process all of us. Convicts strong together. Don't bend the knee. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Crackbot says, Tim, aren't you the one saying the Kenosha kid was going to get life in prison? So what makes you think that they would get a fair trial? Uh, I'm not entirely convinced they would. There was a lot of people politically fighting on their behalf. I do think uh, uh, the Kenosha kid will likely get life in prison on these charges. I still think he needs to fight and not plead guilty. Imagine if Kyle Rittenhouse was like, I'm going to plead guilty to felony assault with a deadly weapon instead of two, two counts of murder, because at least then he'll only go for 25 years. Nah, he needs to fight. And he needs to win. And he needs all the support he can get. I, I Tim, I also think it's very hard for maybe for me, maybe not for you, because you've actually been arrested. When you're in that environment, I think it's very, very hard to think rationally. And I think the longer you spend in that prison, the more you think this is going to be – this is what I'm looking at for the rest of my life. I, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'll take yeah. whatever I can. Like, like a rat in a sinking ship. That's what I imagine is psychology for a lot of these people, and I don't blame them. It's and the, it's by design. Yeah, it's let's, dehumanizing, let's, and it's, it's torture too, especially if you're in solitary confinement, which a lot of people are. I'll, I will stress this about, about Kyle to make sure I'm clear. I wish none of that ever happened. It's, 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 it's a horrifying tragedy, and I think any violence that comes from the state afterwards is just making everything worse. So at this point, I hope there's a fair trial, and uh, we'll see what comes of it. But we've had, we've had, what, four or five witnesses in here telling us about what happened, and we even had Destiny. He's a, a, a leftist. He said it was yeah. the clearest case of self-defense mm-hmm. he'd ever seen, and he got banned on Twitch for saying that. He got removed from their partner program. So anyway, look, I think you, you, you won't always get a, a, a fair trial, but 
I think if enough people stood up and demanded their rights, we could have an impact before it's too late. Yeah, I think you're right that it instills panic and that it, we almost need some sort of like military training to stay calm in the face of authority. Or it, just be from Eastern Europe. Yeah. <laughs> be <laughs> much. Right? Yeah. We, we got a really, really big super chat that How was retracted. It? it was 500 bucks. So, oh. but, but I, I, you can retract super chats? Yeah. No, no, no. The, the message was deleted. The super chats. Who's it by? I don't know if I should read it because they took their, 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 their is comment it, away, is right? Does the name start with G? No. Okay. No, it's a long name. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Man, that's soda money. Um, uh, Fuddrucker3000. That's uh, not actually what the name That's the worst of the Fuddruckers. <laughs> well, that, that, that's not the name they actually put, though. <laughs> yeah, I, The I name is you. the other one. Yeah. Uh, I had the opportunity to be on a local trial twice. First time, it was heavily implied that a child was abused. Second, it was clearly about attempted murder. Mm. Jury nullification isn't as simple as liberals dream it to be. Yeah, us liberals. You know, I've, I've, uh, I, I don't think I'd ever get chosen for a jury, ever. Because I have like a, uh, I have a policy of I will almost always say not guilty in almost every circumstances. Someone who shall remain nameless, when they were doing jury selection, went up to them and said, "I'm an anarchist, and I will not vote to convict under who any circumstances." That? And they said, "Too bad, you're on the grand jury." And I'm like, or whoever that person was, was like, "All right, let's see what let's, let's I, dance." I'd, I'd absolutely say uh, I will not convict. Uh, well, I say 99%. Look, if they come and they're like, here's a video of him beating a child yeah, to yeah. death, I'd be like... <laughs> and whoever this person was certainly did convict because there there are cases where it's like weed, but there's also cases like this guy tied up his adopted mom and, and raped and killed her. It's like, okay, this is not an uh, anarchist versus uh, right, right, situation. Right. This, is, this is this person should be, not be on the streets ever again. But I would, I would inform them, like, unless you can present not just evidence beyond a reasonable doubt, but like clear evidence... Proving guilt, my personal philosophy is jury nullification and advocacy of to all other jurors. So I'm more than happy to be on your jury to advocate to all the other jurors how we can nullify this discharge. Yeah. And if they say, okay, I'll, I'll, cool, I'm down. I'm not, I'm not trying to fight you. I'm telling you my philosophy so you know. Yeah. And if they want me on, so be it, you know. And we all know, we also know Homer Simpson's advice on how to get out of jury duty. Which one was that? Uh, to say you're prejudiced against all races. Uh, so <laughs> Phoenix Gold says Tim's crossfire idea, Malice and Vosh. It would leave me speechless. You know the rest. Uh, Vosh has agreed to come back on. Are you familiar with Vosh? No. Oh, somewhat. Isn't he like a socialist? Yeah, I, I think he's a socialist. He's yeah. a prominent leftist YouTube personality. And I told him I would love to have him come back with, with another person, but I don't want it to be an unfair kind of ambush. So okay. if, if I got like the foremost leading expert on some field to come in between two commentators, that would like, I'm not, I'm not all about that. So I said, if there's someone you want to bring that, you know, he's like, I'm not, I don't think it matters, you know, let me know. And so I started reaching out to a few people I thought would be, would be good to have, you know, what, you know what I really would like to do is people who are clearly at odds in the, in the political spectrum, but focus on subject matter that doesn't cross, cross over. Right. Okay. So, you know, finding someone who's maybe a Bitcoiner libertarian to talk with someone who's like a critical race theorist or like have that discussion where it's like they, they, they don't tweet about each other, but here we are. We'll find some agreement on something and disagreements on other things. So that, that's what I'm thinking about with, you know, inviting uh, Vosh back. Uh, obviously, critical race theory is one of the bigger components because of what's happening today. Is but he it, an advocate of that? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So we, we, had, we had a conversation with him here. And I think you know, I, I'll put it this way, actually. I had a conversation on Facebook today. Someone posted a meme that was actually really critical of critical race theory. And the leftists didn't know that they posted an anti-critical race theory meme and then argue with me about it because they thought it was pro-critical race theory. So it said it was a woman saying, would you like to learn the history of racism in the United States? And they said, watch out. She could be teaching critical race theory. The joke is the left comes in and says, we're just teaching yeah, about yeah, yeah. racism. 
But watch out. It's actually racist identitarianism or indoctrination. But they, these leftists genuinely thought critical race theory was literally just history. And so when that's I, what, that's what Chris Wallace said right, right, during right. the debate. And so when I, when I countered and said, here's an example of what they're teaching in schools, it was a, it was an article from the Sacramento school board arguing for creating white racial identity groups. I said, I don't know how we're better serving our children by telling them to form white racial identitarian groups. And they said, what are you talking about? This post is about teaching history. And I said, you didn't say history. You said critical race theory. And they were like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. And I said, I just sent you a link to this thing. They're teaching in schools that white people should have a white racial awakening and should form groups of only white people to discuss their race. And I said, let me ask you a question. If you believe that white people are are, are colonizers, do you think that putting a bunch of white people together and telling them to discuss their racial identity would result in more or less racism from these people? And they were like, well, I think they'll learn the right lesson and become good people. And I was like, is that why the alt-right became so prominent for the amount of time they did? Because learning about racial identitarianism made them peaceful, anti-racist uh, or something. I think it just told them to form racial identity groups, which they did. Whether it's positive or negative is irrelevant. But that's what they gen- genuinely believe. So Vosh, uh, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth at this point, but I think during the conversation was generally of the opinion that critical race theory is simply an academic theory analyzing the intersection of race and policy, which it's not. That's what they claim it to be. But when you actually look at, look at what they say and they talk about race as property. It's Martin Bailey. It's, it's, it's a racial identitarian ideology, which, uh, so I'll, I'll put it this way. Critical race theory is the academic theory based in racial identitarianism. That, that's, there you go. So when they come on and say it's just a, a theory, say, sure, sure. But the theory that forms this, the, the, the ideology that forms these theories is a perception of racial identitarianism as being paramount. I, I oppose racial and, and, and identitarian. We, we've only had. You have it. to. You're mixed race. Like, well, there's nowhere for you to go. Right. So this, this yeah. is what I tell people. The world has existed as an identitarian yeah. civilization since the dawn of time. We've only had 56 years of an attempt at anti-identitarian law. Yeah. yeah. Critical race theory seeks to reimpose. This is a reactionary ideology. They oppose the revolution that we had 56 years ago. It's not even been, uh, it's, people are still alive. My family, still alive, who went through identitarian laws that exactly what the critical race theorists seek to impose. They want to undo the hard work that my family and many, many others did. And it's very, very simple. I don't understand, you know, th- these, these people, this guy I'm arguing with, he's a white guy. And I was like, you're a white man telling a mixed race person that you seek to impose law based on race, which would ex- cause extreme harm to my family. Of course, I oppose you. Yeah. And they say, well, shut up. We don't care. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's why I talk about it the way if, I do. If people are interested in this, James Lindsay was on my show. You guys had him on. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. He's great. He's Me and him go, go back and forth for an hour, really getting into the details of this. So if you go on YouTube, uh, James Lindsay, Michael Malice, you can find that it. it's, it's one of my best episodes. What's the metaphor of Martin Bailey you brought up? Oh, so Martin Bailey, I talk about this in the new right. It's a technique. It's a very common. Once you identify it, you can't not see it. See it everywhere. Where you have basically the Mott and the Bailey. I forget which is which. You have the castle and then you have the grounds, right? Yeah, I believe the Mott is the hill. The hill. Okay. Yeah. So basically what will happen is – No, no. Are you sure? It does, it, that, that's kind of secondary. Okay. So they'll have a premise which is indisputable. Then they'll have a premise which is ridiculous, right? So right. it'll be like, okay, um, we need to eradicate racism in America and have people be treated fairly. 
Okay, I'm agree with that. Then you agree that people who are economic minorities should go to college for free. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. what? But you just but you just agreed that we need to eradicate racism. So they just vacillate between. The, they get you to agree to something that you can't not disagree with. Then they extrapolate that to what they think is organic. And when you argue with the extrapolation, they retreat back into the area of agreement as if that premise therefore covers what they're extrapolating right. to. You said the Mott was the hill. I think I thought You're so. correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. The, 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 hill, okay. the Bailey is the open field. The Mott is the hill where the keep is on top. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. So that's what they were doing. They were like saying, I want to explore the history of politics and race in America. That, that's extremely germane. Everyone wants to. That's sure, very yeah. fascinating. What was it like being black in New York in the 1700s? I would love to know. Right. So therefore, we need to critique where race is. Well, no, 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 no. I, I'm not for that. Well, you just said. I, I think it's the other way around, actually. What they'll do is they'll say, we need racial identitarian law and sure. affirmative action. And then when you say, I think it's wrong that you're telling a child yeah, yeah. simply by looking the way you do, you don't get to go to Harvard. And they say, what are you talking about? We're just trying to teach the yes. history of yeah, racism. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Constantly. Exactly. Yeah. That's and that's that exactly way. what they did. So my response to this guy's critical race and they may theory not even do it intentionally. They're just trained that to see right. these things as yeah. synonymous. So, uh, but I do think I got I got through to some of these people because um, I think a lot of them genuinely don't understand what they're talking Correct. about. They just watch CNN and then believe the lies. Yes. And so my response was the training. What I, I, I you, you have to use the, the the Socratic method. You don't. I don't approach these people as enemies. I simply agree with them. When they say when they post this meme, I just immediately was like. I think teaching children in schools to form white racist groups is a bad idea. And then when they're like, what are you talking about? Here's a link. Yeah. And then they read it and they go, I don't understand. And I'll be like, that's what they're teaching in these schools. And then we get into an argument because they want to defend their tribe. But eventually I said, ultimately, the end of the conversation, I was like, it sounds like we agree that I think we need to teach the true history of racism and colonization. Like everybody knows Christopher Columbus didn't discover America. There were already people here and he didn't even land in America anyway. But you can argue to the Europeans, it was the first time Europeans had contact. So I think understanding the context is very important. Now, I think we also agree telling a bunch of white kids to form a group based on just being white and discover their right racial identity, probably not a good thing, right? And they're like, well, of course. Great. Here's the literature. Here's what they're saying. You know, it's really, it's really amazing how the leftists will accuse conservatives of not knowing anything about critical yeah, yeah, race yeah, theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, perhaps the, 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 what's being argued, because I'll, I'll say this. I could have done a way better job in my discussion with Vosh, for sure. But when we talk about critical race theory, there are certain very obvious grievances and things that are happening that we're concerned about. I'm not complaining about Derek Bell writing some literature. I don't care about his opinions. I'm not complaining about Ibram X. Kendi writing a book. He's allowed to write a book. What I'm complaining about is applied critical theory. And I think one of the problems that conservatives have, they keep saying critical race theory over and over again, and that is the left's battleground. They immediately then say, oh, well, here's Kimberly Crenshaw. We don't teach Kimberly Crenshaw in schools. What they're doing is applied racial theory or what they call, they call it critical race praxis. Oh, so what happens is they take the theories, turn it into an indoctrination and then slip it into every subject. So when you say critical race theory, the immediate response is, I don't think we've had a lecture on Derek Bell once in fifth grade. That's absurd. And you're like, that's not what I'm talking about. That's what critical race theory is. Right. So, all right, let's read a couple more here. Buttertoast says, Reno May posted a video today about a Cali police department that illegally took high capacity magazines from a guy that could legally own them, then proceeded to tell the owner that even if a court order was given, he wouldn't get them back. Yep. Criminal. Mm. Yep. Yep. I'm pretty sure that's like just stealing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, but the state's doing it, so it's fine, right? Right. 
All right. Uh, we'll do two more. Have you ever heard of taxes? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of this uh, thing called taxes. <laughs> Delana Manuel says, Michael, I just joined your locals. I came across the autobi- autobiography of Ukrainian immigrant Alexander Sas Jaworski. I'll post more details on your locals feed. Okay. Thank you. And uh, uh, just in, in line with the last conversation, uh, Samuel Harris says, Tim. How the you- Samuel Harris? The Samuel Harris. Uh, Tim, how do you respond to people who call you white or white passing in order to shut you shut down your opinion in discussions around race? Do you pee pee in their coke? Uh, <laughs> I, I immediately I immediately start <laughs> I screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> I call them racist over and over again, yes. and I say, "Racist said what? Racist says what?" <laughs> so I've I've had this happen to me many times, and I uh, one one of the issues is it is a big excuse. And then I say, like, well, I get, I get it from uh, my whole life. People t- told me that I was Mexican. White people tend to say I'm Mexican. People who aren't white tend to say I'm white. So what am I supposed to do? I don't exist in any of their worlds. I'm always an other. Yeah. There are some places where I blend in perfectly. I was in Egypt, and they were like, you don't got to worry about a thing. People, think, people will think you're Egyptian, and I was able to just walk but around. But here's, here's the other thing. Fifteen years ago, and remember this is on The Real World. There was a character— uh, Piggy, I think was even her name, was Real World London, I'm thinking. There was so much hand-wringing about mixed-race people and how they don't fit in anywhere. And there's girls who are like half black, half white. And the black girls tell them they're too white and the white girls are racist. And we need to represent, have more representation of multiracial people. When you have the census, what am I supposed to check off? My dad's you know, Chinese and my mom's Hispanic. There's no box for me. And this was a big conversation. It's a big move about leftism. And now that you have the CRT thing, it's just like, yeah, we don't care about that. That was just they, like they, kind of an excuse. I mean, no, no, no. They, they, I've, I've straight up had these CRT people like essentially tell me that I'm uh, 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 chopped liver. I'm, I'm, I'm a second-class citizen yeah. during Occupy Wall Street. They said, too effing bad. It is for us and not for you. Yeah. And I'm like, we're the smallest minority in the country. And not only that, we're not cohesive. Someone who's like, you know, uh, black and Asian is very different looking from someone who's white and Asian or who's Hispanic and, you know, uh, Middle Eastern or something. I'm like, not only are we the smallest minority, but in our own individual groups, we're even smaller of a minority. And they say, we don't care. Yeah. That's that's what at Occupy Wall Street, they told me to just go screw myself. Yeah. They said, you get to go leave, leave. You're, You're not part of this. You don't get a group. You don't get advocacy. No one's going to support you. Right. And I was like, well, then screw you guys. I'm going home. Yeah. And I'll make my own yeah, Occupy guys, Wall Street him. With, with, with Blackjack. <laughs> with Blackjack. That's right. Just Blackjack, though. All right. Yeah, just, just Blackjack. <laughs> Got to be legal. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, give, a, give that like button a good smash and subscribe to this channel. But make sure you go to TimCast.com. Become a member because we're going to talk about some kooky conspiracy nonsense I was reading a post on 4chan and I had a good, I, I was like, I was like, this is a great sci-fi film. Seriously, it's a really good sci-fi film. And people genuinely believe this stuff. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. Should be up around 11. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TimCastIRL. Help share our videos so that we can leverage these networks to get more people to go to TimCast.com. And you can follow me personally at TimCast basically everywhere. This show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. Michael, uh, you have a book. Do you want to shout anything out? Anarchisthandbook.com, and I'm Michael Malice on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I, this book wouldn't have been such a huge success without you guys and without you guys. So it, it, having that – you know what it's like. When you have that freedom to create what you want and you can pay your rent yes. It's and, and given my personality, it's going to be a really fun 2021. <laughs> It's a beautiful feeling to have that. May you live in interesting times. That's also a curse, you know. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's right. And just so people know, I am posting very inappropriate memes during the show on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, you are? I have an airplane mode. I've been tweeting up a story. (laughs) 
Uh, all under Luke We Are Change, Luke We Are Change, Twitter and Instagram. And my cult is going very well. You may or may not be able to join it on LukeUncensored.com. Oh, I really want to give a shout out to oh, that book, sorry. Michael. That's awesome. That's Thank really you cool. So much. And I love the cover. We didn't talk about the cover on yeah. air. It's some sort of vapor. How did you describe it? I didn't describe it, Ian. Okay, so it's like a vaporwave looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look yeah. at that. It's just cool style. I, mean, so I think that's why. I started the cover. John Gerges did this cover. He also did my theme song for my for my uh, uh, podcast. What I did with this cover, this is what I realized. Everything that we as old, like very online people, are used to, corporations haven't thought of doing it yet. So vaporwave, which is like this like eighteen nineteen eighties Miami look, yes. which is it's like it's been been there done on the internet in like twenty seventeen yawn. But I knew no corporate publisher would have a cover that looks like this because <laughs> hasn't percolated yet. So I would be able to have a cover like this that no one else had and it would really pop from the screen. And I'm ecstatic with it. God, and awesome. this is Lewis Ling, who was the, he was the first Che Guevara. He was the big stud of anarchy, and we gave him a little dynamite lapel pin. Oh, very nice. I love it. Thank you guys so much. I have never accidentally switched to my own camera before, so there's first time for everything. I apologize for that. But I am actually here in the corner. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids as I attempt to surpass Sour Patch Kids and followers. Oh, I love Sour Patch. Oh, and I surpassed today the Libertarian Party. Oh, nice. They're going to have to have you on as press secretary now. Oh, I'm going to. Oh, it's going to be great. (laughs) This is going to be fun. So make sure you're at TimCast.com in about an hour or so to watch the bonus segment. And we'll see you all there. Bye, guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.